Uh, welcome back. Well, I guess welcome back to me. The rest of you say welcome back. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. I feel welcome back now. Hi, it's Glenn Clark Radio. It is a Monday edition of the program. I brought a little respiratory infection back with me, so that's cool. That's a lot of fun. Always love it when that happens. Friday, I felt fine. Saturday morning, I woke up and I said, oh, good mucus. Why not? Hi. Hi, the UPS guy is just wandering in. You need me to sign for something? Uh, my last name is Clark. What's your last name? All right, it's fine. You're good. You're good. You're good. Thank you. Have a lovely. Have a love. Have a lovely day. I don't know what I just. I, did I just give up like blood samples or something? I'm not really sure what just happened there. <laughs> I think you handled that well. Yeah. Think about it though. It, it, I know we're disappointed, but it could be worse. I mean, we could be stuck in a plane tangled in power lines. I assume they yeah. got the people out, right? They did, yeah, I believe okay. so. I saw it on a morning Jesus. show this morning. They said they got it Jesus out. Jesus Christ. A <sighs> lot to do. lot to do on the program today. Coming up in a little bit, Andrew Catalan is going to join us. He was on the call for yesterday's debacle on CBS. A little bit later on in the hour, Eric at home from NFL.com, our friend, he, uh, he was doing what we learned for them from the Ravens game. Of course, it's Monday. So Jeremy Kahn will check in with us as well. All of that coming up. Of course, the only way your weekend could have been worse than the Ravens' loss is if you bet a ton of different scenarios that involve the Ravens winning. Like maybe you you, you took the bait on the Lamar Jackson 40 rushing yards and the Ravens winning. Maybe, like me, you played, once again, the Ravens scoring first and winning outright. Maybe you bet the under. Maybe you bet all of these things in many different ways. Today is a new day. Today is a new day. A reminder that with the mobile sports betting being on now in the state of Maryland, if you want to place a bet and see how it works, please sign up now with PressBox's special promos and offers. You get a great deal, free bets, and you'll be helping PressBox earn a small commission in the process. It's a win-win. You can get up to $700 worth of free bets to play with. Right now, go to PressBoxOnline.com offers. That's PressBoxOnline.com offers. Um, I, I'm in a weird place with this one. I, and I say I'm in a weird place because I, I know... I know better. I can't believe the Ravens scored 27 points yesterday. The defense got gutted in the fourth quarter by Trevor Lawrence, Jamichael Hasty, and Zay Jones. And like a broken record, we're just defaulting back to Greg Roman. Like, I'm befuddled by that which isn't to me to say that i think that greg roman had a particularly good day i don't i'm befuddled as to how we don't see that there was a total and complete collapse yesterday i'm not 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 trying to defend greg roman necessarily i don't know i don't think i am but why is it that we don't want to talk about Gus Edwards fumbling the ball. 
why is it that we would prefer to talk about Greg Roman than talk about how the Ravens had a third and 21 scenario on the Jaguars' final drive and couldn't get them off the field? And I'm asking it rhetorically, right? Like, I just get it. It's sport. It's what we do. It's it's the only card we have to play. And even being fair, I, I, I agree that I'd like for there to be more touchdowns in the red zone. Chiefs don't score touchdowns in the red zone either, oddly. Of course, they were, got the, the luxury of playing Bryce Perkins yesterday, so that wasn't much of a problem for them. I'm confused. I'm confused by our reaction specifically to this game. And trying to take the big picture, trying to figure out the the whole of this, I'm struggling with... This was the biggest question, and I, I wrote about it today at PressBoxOnline.com. The biggest question I was struggling with in the immediate aftermath was, did this answer my question? I'm not surprised the Ravens don't have an exotic passing offense. They can't. They are lining up Deshaun Jackson and Demarcus Robinson as their wide receivers. They can't do that. They don't have the players. Yesterday's disappointment would be their run offense wasn't very good. Lamar Jackson ran the ball pretty well. Their running backs rushed for three yards per carry yesterday. Their path to success is down to, I keep talking about the words margin for error. They have one path. That one path is running the ball and playing defense. They have to do that. Or they're not going to be able to win anything. Oddly, yesterday they didn't run the ball, they didn't play defense, and they still only lost by one point. (laughs) Like, go figure. They don't have another, uh, if, I don't know if you guys follow elections, but a lot of times around the time of a presidential election, the discussion will be about someone's path. Well, if they win Arizona and Wisconsin but lose Florida and Ohio, can they make it up by winning Pennsylvania and Nevada? Like They'll talk about the path to someone winning an election. The Ravens don't have another path. They can't hope to get... Is it New Hampshire that splits their electoral votes? They can't hope to get the 4th District in New Hampshire. If they have to win by airing it out, they're not going to. They don't have the players. They're lining up. They're having Mark Andrews run goes and hoping for the best. They don't have the players. Now, I got problems with that, and I've disgusted ad nauseum it's just kind of boring in the middle of a season when there's nothing you could do about it I mean you could still sign Odell Beckham and apparently they're not as out of it as we thought they were a week ago although I I still believe he's going to end up in Dallas and I have no idea what to make of this thing that happened yesterday on the airplane it's a bizarre story I don't think it's enough that it'll prevent him from getting signed I don't think he solves individually the problem either a year ago, he got to go into L.A. and be a compliment. There's nothing to compliment here. There's nothing here. They don't have the players. They're not here. 
You're trying to win without wide receivers, which is bold as hell. And it limits you to one path. So the question I had in the immediate aftermath of yesterday's game was if the Ravens' only path to victory is by running the ball and playing defense, and they weren't able to do it against the Jaguars, does that not give us our answer that they definitely won't be able to do it against the good teams? That was the immediate thought that I had in the aftermath of yesterday's game. If they can't run the ball and play defense against Jacksonville, then they have no hope of doing it against the real teams, right? Now, of course, I have to calm myself down. I have to remind myself that it's one football game and that goofy things happen in the course of one football game and that still if Gus Edwards doesn't fumble the ball and if, you know, if there's someone there to pick up the ball when Calais Campbell strips it out in the final drive, the story's different. I have to remind myself that the defense should be better I mean, the previous drive where they were carved up, when it was 19-10, to 10, Marlon Humphrey was on the field. So there's that. But they clearly have a problem with all cornerbacks not named Marlon Humphrey. File that away. We'll get back to it when we do slaps in the helmet. Somehow it's gone from bad to worse for Marcus Peters. I can't believe that. I can't believe it's worse today for Marcus Peters than it was in the first half of the season when he was bad. The Brandon Stevens thing is disappointing. It felt like he was coming on and he was becoming a player. That one to me is, it's more disappointing than Marcus Peters because Marcus Peters, you can see the trajectory a little bit, right? Like you can at least see, hey, you're coming to the end. He's not going to be a Raven next year. Like you're just trying to hope that you can patch it up and get through this year. And, you know, he played well enough against Cincinnati that like it gave you a little bit of hope. It's been a bad season for Marcus Peters. Bad. So he kept telling me about, yeah, but he grades well PFF-wise. I keep trying to tell you to ignore the PFF grades. So I beg you. I've talked about it. I'm going to do it a million times. They, their system is flawed. It's not good. I, five years ago, six years ago, whatever it was, I was, I made the same mistake that everybody else did of thinking it was Bible until I actually found out what the process was and I realized, oh, my God. No. No, 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 no. That's disappointing. They should get Kyle Hamilton back. They're supposed to get Marcus Williams back. And Marlon Humphrey did miss the majority of the final drive. Those things are relevant. They matter. I mean, honestly, they do matter. When I try to say that the team didn't run the ball and play defense against the Jaguars, those are relevant things that could play a role in their ability to do something against a better football team. It does matter that they didn't have Ronnie Stanley. If they're going to get him back, they're a better team. They are better suited to run the ball with Ronnie Stanley on the field. They're better suited to do a lot of things with Ronnie Stanley on the field. It's difficult because whenever the Ravens lose a game, we immediately go to the most dramatic of dramatic statements. Fire somebody. Lamar doesn't want to be here. Whatever absurd things we want to say, we say. 
I, I certainly do not care that Lamar used foul language on Twitter. You're not going to get me to pretend like there's a story there. There is no story there. He was pissed off. People say stupid things on Twitter. If he had used a particular word, that would have been problematic, right? If he had used some sort of racial slur, we would have had an issue. That didn't happen. I get it. He made a a, a sort of a, a gay joke. I understand. He deleted it. I have no doubt that he knows better. Lamar Jackson's done plenty of good things. I'm not going to worry about one tweet. I'm sure he has a lot of things pent up. The guy is about the only thing the Ravens have. Probably good to avoid Twitter. I mean, probably something that I would recommend. I would like to avoid Twitter myself, if possible. The nonsense. The absolute... We're all suddenly body language experts. Ah, but Lamar just doesn't look like he wants to be there. No? He doesn't? When he was willing to go take on three defenders to try to score a touchdown, he didn't look like he wanted to be there? I mean, just how stupid do we need to be? What are the depths of what it is that we want to say? As they say all the time, it sucks to lose. Nobody likes losing, and the Ravens have done so much of it that we're not... We don't do it well. For 20 years, the Orioles lose a game, and we just be on with our lives. Gonna get it. They play 162. It's far different. It sucks. It's no fun. I understand. Losing sucks. But we just say nonsensical things instead of discussing what actually happened. What is the big picture from a loss yesterday? It, it's, it's minimal. On its own. On its own, it's minimal. There is a bigger concern. If anything, it's the secondary depth. Specifically at cornerback. They don't I keep going back to their margin for error. Their margin for error, for error is extraordinarily slim. I mean, Marcus, if Marlon Humphrey's healthy, Marcus Peters has to play anyway. Brandon Stevens has to play anyway. And teams are utterly unafraid to throw at those dudes. They have no problem whatsoever throwing at those cats. That's a problem. Chuck Clark didn't play well yesterday. That's a bit surprising because he's played really well for most of the season. Hopefully... They'll be able to use Chuck Clark in different ways when they get Kyle Hamilton and perhaps Marcus Williams back that can help out with their their issues they have. It's disappointing that their young corners haven't stepped up to a place where you can trust them. Somebody called in on the postgame show yesterday asked why they didn't use more Pepe Williams. I'm like, why they put him on the field, but... What, what faith do you have that the res- result's going to be any different with Pepe Williams on the field? I mean, just, what have you seen? They didn't have Jalen Armour Davis yesterday, but I'm still not really sure what I've seen from him that makes me think that the result would have been any different if he was out there. They have a secondary depth problem. They needed 
in their calculations for this to be an ascending, perhaps dominant defense, it had to involve Marcus Peters and Brandon Stevens holding up their end of the bargain. Yesterday, they didn't. Marcus Peters, overwhelmingly this season, hasn't. They're going to do anything. It's not going to come because they're going to figure out a way to air it out 40 times a game and, and outscore teams. That's off the table. They did that. I mean, in fairness, they actually were doing that a little bit when Rashad Bateman was on the field. That's it's kind of like the crazy part. They're so thin, and yet with just one more guy on the field, they, they at least had a chance. Without Rashad Bateman, there's no prayer for being that type of team. They have to run the ball. They have to play defense. Yesterday, they didn't. To me, that's not a guarantee that they can't or that they won't or anything along those lines. Not yet. Get back to me in a couple of weeks. But if they don't, that's it. It's cooked. They built the team they built. And y'all can make it want to be about Greg Roman all you want. That's fine. I don't care. I really don't. And I think I think they're gonna you're gonna get your answer. I mean, to be clear, I think you're gonna end up getting an answer at the end of the season. They're going to have to make a decision about the direction of this franchise, but it is a very complicated decision they're going to end up having to make that ain't just about Greg Roman. It's about everything. They're going to get there. I don't, I don't know what the answer is going to end up being. I really don't. Fun day. Super fun. Super fun when the Ravens lose. I always love it when somebody says, you guys like it better when the Ravens lose. Sure. Sure. You keep telling yourself that. You keep telling yourself that. Awful lot of fun when the Ravens lose. Yeah, you can't, can't wait to come in here and talk about another Ravens loss. <sighs> All right. Um, Andrew Catalan will join us in just a second. Today's show is also brought to you by your Baltimore area Chick-fil-A restaurants. If you're looking for a simple holiday meal, try Chick-fil-A catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options. Size perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app. Bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. Few things. Get your slaps to the helmet in. You know how this works. You got to pick five Ravens. Two must be offensive players. Two must be defensive players. The fifth can be whoever you'd like. It can be another offensive player, another defensive player, a special teams player, or a coach. Difficult. By the way, I kept thinking about what happens if the Jaguars hadn't converted the two-point conversion and we had to do pats. I don't know that I could have come up with five guys to give pats to yesterday. Like That would have been impossible. This one, lots of options. Lots of options. Lot to go around. Get me your lists at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. We will share them throughout the day. Right now, this man was on the call for Ravens-Jaguars yesterday. He actually had the chance to call something historic at the end of the game, but came up just a bit short, obviously. He is uh, Mr. Andrew Catalan, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Andrew, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you as always, man. Thank you so much for taking the time for us. 
Yeah, of course. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Thanks for having me on. Um, when when they lined up Justin Tucker to try a 67-yard field goal at the end of the game, just take me through what's running through your mind knowing there's the potential for this to be like a historic, memorable call. And, and I kind of heard it in your voice afterwards. Like, as the ball's off the foot, I think we all had the same feeling of, oh, my God, he might have done it. <laughs> you know, it's really difficult. I know this sounds strange, but it's really difficult to call field goals because I always get caught whether I should look at the field or whether I should look at the monitor. Mm-hmm. Now, when I'm calling the game, I normally look at the field. But on a field goal, I typically go to the monitor just because I get a better sense of direction and I know that I'm going to see the referee make the signal. So right away, I'm thinking, all right, I know it's for history. We'd already set up the kick against the Lions last year. Um, and obviously with Tucker, you know that any time that he goes out there, he's got a chance to make it. So there was a lot going through my mind, but obviously making sure that I got it right was right, number one. Right. And, you know, as the ball is going up, I think I said, you know, it's online. You knew it was it was accurate. And then the question was, was there going to be enough distance? And it just was short. I think I may have said it would have been good from 66. That's probably wrong. It probably would have been good from 64 maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, it, it just, it's very difficult to kind of see – when you're calling it off the monitors to exactly where it went. But no, I mean, I, I think anytime he goes out there, he's going to make it. I think Ravens fans probably felt the same. Yep. I don't put any blame on him. It was from 67 no. yards. No. It was, they had to do it. Uh, but uh, it was, it was an exciting moment. It just didn't go the Ravens way. You say that there was a, there was, and I'm not kidding about this. There was a caller to our post game show yesterday who literally attempted to blame Justin Tucker for missing that kick, and it wasn't shtick. I mean, this was very – God, we uh, we lose our minds around these parts. Uh, Andrew, a weird day, obviously, on the whole, and, and that's, I think, the part that's that's interesting to me. I'm not surprised by some of the Ravens' struggles in the red zone. Like, they don't have a target – everybody's going to pay all the, the attention in the world to Mark Andrews when you get into those situations because that's all you have. You don't have another option to throw the ball to, so – I know that Ravens fans are disappointed by it. I'm not surprised by it. To me, the surprising part and the part that's really concerning was this was a defense that was trending over the last few weeks, and particularly after the the acquisition of Roquan Smith, towards potentially being a dominant defense. I mean, this was a defense that was moving in the direction of maybe being special and to be gutted on a couple of drives there in the fourth quarter by, with no offense, Zay Jones and Jamichael Hasty. That's not what a dominant defense should be doing. I think that's a really good point because we met with the Ravens on Saturday, met with Calais Campbell, met with Marlon Humphrey, and you know there was some talk about how good this defense could be, how good they think it is. And you're right, it's not. It's not as we saw yesterday. It's not as good as maybe you know we all thought it was going to be. Now that's not to say that down the stretch they can't get back to the way they looked in the previous few games, but there's no doubt that a loss like this is what happened at the end is going to sting and it's going to sit with you for a while. And you're going to wonder why it happened. Uh, you know, when I was thinking about coming on your show today, I figured it might be like, how did this happen? What's going mm-hmm. on? And, you know, I, I think that I look at it as the NFL is such a week to week league. And I really feel that the Ravens are still built the right way. 
I think this is a loss that, you know, is going to sit with them, as I just said. I think you got to give some credit to Jacksonville. I know it was Jermichael Hasty and Zay Jones. I get all that. But Trevor Lawrence played great. Uh, they were at home. They're not that bad of a team. I know you probably don't want to hear that as a Ravens fan. I, I really think Jacksonville is a pretty good team. They've been in every single one of their games this year. They were coming off a bye week. They had extra time to prepare. There was a lot of things working against the Ravens. I know that all sounds like excuses. And getting back to your big question about the defense, I think everything's going to be okay. But, yes, there's more questions that I have this morning than I did yesterday morning before the game. He is Andrew Catalan from CBS. He's with us here on GCR. Andrew, a couple of points in there to me are significant. Like, we... As you know, this is the way it works. Everybody drastically overreacts. There's only 17 games in a football season, so everything is is life or death, right? And so you get insanity in terms of responses. Your point is well taken, which is this is the NFL. Like the Ravens didn't play particularly well. They lost by one point on the road, um, despite all of that. Like this is the NFL. This is the way things works. The Chiefs lost to the Colts this year. These things happen in the NFL sometimes. I, again, that's why I keep coming back to the specificness of it. The, speci- the specificity, I guess, is the word that I'm looking to say here as I try to, to be a little bit more intelligent. I, the Ravens, to me, the problem is their margin for error, right? They, they're not going to be an exotic passing offense. I mean this with no disrespect. They're lining up Demarcus Robinson and Deshaun Jackson at wide receiver. They don't have the ability to be that type of team because they don't have the players to do it, although obviously we all saw Deshaun Jackson make a miraculous play uh, yesterday. Um, They need to be able to run the ball and play defense, so the defense thing is a concern. The running game has to be a concern after yesterday. They averaged three yards per carry with their running backs. Only Lamar Jackson ran the ball fairly well. Those are the types of things. If If a team can shut them down as far as their ability to run the ball, they don't have something else to go to in order to try to win games based on how they built this roster. Yeah, you know, I alluded to this on the broadcast, but we sat with Greg Roman on Saturday night, and he told us that, look, Lamar started off hot, then he's been okay, but I know I got to get him going again for the home stretch. We, I got to get him hot. And we said, well, what does that mean? What does Lamar getting hot look like? And he said it means more passes. It means really getting the pass game going. And we said, okay, well, is that going to be against Jacksonville or is that going to be the next week? Or when, when is that going to happen? And he said, we, you know, it's hard to say because the Ravens get a lot of different looks from defenses. They get a lot of curveballs because the Baltimore offense is so unique. They see a lot of things for the first time when they go against an opponent that opponents throw at them to try to slow down their unique offense. So he said, I I can't tell you I'm going to come out and throw the ball 50 times tomorrow, but I do know that at some point I want to get Lamar going and get the pass game going. We didn't see a ton of that yesterday, and maybe that was just exactly what he explained to us, that they had to do what the defense dictated. We know they're built around the run. That's going to be their priority the entire time. But I do think at some point in December there's going to be a game when Lamar goes crazy through the air and it's going to be Deshaun Jackson and Devin Duvernay and Demarcus Robinson. And look, I, you know, I understand your point that it's not like they have these great weapons that, that Lamar can throw to where they can just suddenly become a, an aerial attack. But to counter your point, I'd say look around the league, and you even pointed out the Chiefs 
lost to the Colts this mm-hmm. year. There's no dominant team in the AFC right now, or really in the NFL right now. All these teams have warts. I mean, I had the Bills last week. I thought the Bills were going to run right through to the AFC Championship game. Right. They're not. They have injuries. They are banged up. I mean, every one of these teams, you can make a case. I mean, Miami, to me, is one of the scariest teams right now. So when I look at this Ravens team, are they perfect? No. Are there things they have to get corrected? Yes. And I think they have the people in place and the parts in place. And really, the schedule is there for them to get right and get this thing really going in the right direction before the playoffs. You're not wrong about that, but we thought yesterday's game was part of that story, and obviously it didn't work out that way. Andrew, I, I, everything you say I agree with, right? And I, and I am the more pragmatic. I know we've had a lot of conversations over the years. I am one of the more pragmatic uh, hosts in this market because I don't get caught up. I, I feel it. I was born here. I was raised here. There's some fan in there, but um, I understand that this is – we, we, we try to predict the future, right? We try to say now that we know who's going to win the Super Bowl, and we just don't, right? Like, Patrick Mahomes has only won one. We assume he's the guy to beat, but he's only won one so far, despite the fact that he's been in the AFC Championship game every year. Nobody thought the Bengals were going to be there. Of course, the last time the Ravens won a Super Bowl, nobody in their in any mind thought that was a team that was ready to make that run. So you're, I, I agree with every point that you're making, that we're trying to look ahead that every time the Ravens lose a game, there's a fan base that says, ah, well, you know, they, if they can't do this, they can't win anything. And it's just not the way that it works. Like, that, that'll be all settled in this, you know, now moving into December and into January. I, I guess that the, when you bring up these other teams and their struggles, like with Buffalo, yeah, but it's nice to have a Stefan Diggs to bail you out at the end of a game on Thanksgiving, right? Like, when, in, in Kansas City, the equalizer is Patrick Mahomes, of course. And I know that Lamar can be that equalizer. We've seen that. It just sort of feels like there's not a path for him to do it because the answer can't be throwing it to Deshaun Jackson every time. Like I, I just it feels like the margin for error is far more significant in Baltimore than it is with those other good teams in the AFC. I agree with that. I, I agree. I mean, look, if the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl, it's going to be Allen and Diggs. If the Ravens are going to win the Super Bowl, it's probably going to be more about their defense. I mean, I yep. think that's just the way that they're constructed right now. That's taking nothing away from Lamar, who I think is spectacular and is certainly a guy that can put you on his back and take you deep. But I think, going back to our original point, the defense is is really where – their bread is buttered, where they're going to make plays, force turnovers, where they have really good playmakers on that side of the ball. And I think that's what it's going to come down to. I think that they're going to need those guys to make more plays than they did yesterday. I think they're capable of doing that. They just didn't do it yesterday. Is there anything to be said for the fact that maybe the Jaguars deserve to win the game because they had the guts to put their mascot out there in a speedo and distract everybody in the country <laughs> yesterday. I, I mean, I, if I, if I was at that and if I was working, kudos to you as a professional, because I don't know how I'd be able to take my eyes off of it. Yeah. I, I think I said, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah. And then we never got to it because the game obviously was a bigger story than yeah. the mascot, but Amanda Renner, who does our sideline said, by the way, I asked, the mascot what's the deal and he said they made me change so <laughs> he did put on more clothes in the second half because somebody said something to him 
but we never got that report in because we had a really exciting game. It's really but that, that, that actually that is, is the. Uh, I, I was not yeah. aware of that. That's breaking news that you're passing along here. Break. <laughs> yeah, breaking news. And that's that's pretty <laughs> freaking funny that somebody said to a mascot, you have to put on more clothes. <laughs> I I that is that is gold. Man, that is absolutely brilliant. All right, uh Andrew Catalan, what's next uh, for you guys? Where are you guys headed? Uh, Steelers-Falcons uh, next week in Atlanta. Atlanta had a close one against Washington, and they're still alive in the NFC South uh, NFC South because that division is uh, not, not doing good. so well. And yeah. Steelers, yeah, Steelers play tonight on Monday Night Football against the Colts, so we'll see how that goes. And two of the next four, uh, next three opponents, next four, no, four, next four opponents for the Baltimore Ravens in the Steelers and the Falcons. At Andrew Catalan is how you follow him on Twitter. Andrew, really appreciate you taking a couple of minutes for us this morning, man. Thank you for the perspective that, as you imagine, uh, is lost for a lot of people in this market today. <laughs> you got it. Anytime. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Andrew Catalan with us here on GCR, rising star in this business and somebody who's going to be getting a lot of uh, big-time opportunities in the coming years. He's very, very good at what he does. I did not know that. So the Jaguars were forced to tell the mascot to put on clothes. Like, that's that's objectively hilarious, right? Like, the, the guy, it wasn't a human in a Speedo. It was a guy wearing a costume that involved a Speedo. I thought it was brilliant. I don't know I, what... I don't know what the reasoning was for it. Like, my, I don't know. My, my only thought was, like, maybe since it was raining before it got, like, ruined or something. And they were like, well, just take off the bottom half of the of the mascot costume, you know? And then he just ran around with the Speedo. And but, it, but it wasn't, like, he had a costume. Yeah, but, well, was that was that body paint or was that? Oh, I'm pretty sure that was still a costume. Oh, it was like, it was like a skin-tight suit. I mean, I, we can, I, I, let me try to. They try to dig deeper into this. We're going to get to the bottom of this. But, yeah, I did notice later in the game, I was like, oh, look, did, they, he's, got, he's got the notice. full thing on. I did not notice it. Because there was a field goal, I think, and he was standing at the bottom of the No, no, that's not, I don't think that's body Is that body paint? I don't know. Is, I didn't. I mean, if it's body paint, know. it's one of the greatest body paint jobs in the history. It feels, it looks to me like it's a skin-tight suit that they just had a, like, the, my, the thought was that they had him, this is the Will Ferrell sketch from all those years ago on Saturday Night Live, where he shows up at the office in an American flag speedo talking about his patriotism. And it felt like it was sort of a nod to the World Cup. And, like, let's let's play. I, again, I'm just spitballing here. I have no, believe it or not, I didn't reach out to anybody in Jacksonville about the mascot. Um, but it felt like it was a play on that old Will Ferrell sketch at a time where everybody's excited about the World Cup and the U.S. having a big match tomorrow and wanting to support them as they need a win in order to move on to the knockout round. And it was an homage to a popular Saturday Night Live sketch from years ago. That's, again, all that was an episode that Sean Williams Scott hosted. I think everybody remembers the, uh, but why are the shorts so short? Um, I I don't know. I don't know. Maybe maybe there's somebody down in Jacksonville that's gotten to the bottom of it today that would like to, to pass along a little bit more information. I, maybe maybe it is. I'm looking at it again. It's not impossible. It's just a brilliant body painting job. Like, it's not impossible. I still think it's... I find that very unlikely, 
Like, I think there's about a 90% chance that that's a skin-tight suit. Yeah, I think you're right. And uh, and a very minimal chance that it's body paint. And yeah, I, just, I just didn't know. I, I don't just, I don't really get it. I wanted to believe it was body paint. I don't get why... Like, I, I understand it was... And it might be that it was less about it being offensive and more just about how distracting it was that somebody said, all right, dude... Well, for the one touchdown that he showed, like every single touchdown angle that they had, he was in it. Well, and, and, the, it was and like, the field was, goals, yeah, you know, yeah. like I mean, like he's standing right there. Got a lot, got a lot of questions. Got to get to the bottom of this. It's a very important story. Very, very important story that we need to get to. All right. Um, before that, I guess we'll talk more about the football. I guess today's show also brought to you by the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. It is the perfect ceramic tailgate or home grill for grilling, smoking, searing, baking, all kinds of food. Use the code tailgate at ginsugrills.com. You'll save $100 on your order. And if you want to uh, taste the Ginsu Kamado Grill in action, stop by the Game Day Firehouse this Sunday before Baltimore-Denver. They'll be cooking up some samples off the Ginsu Kamado Grill. It's a press box, Ginsu Grills tent. It's right at, just west of the stadium, 1202 Ridgely Street, the Firefighters Union Hall. And you can also register to win your own Ginsu Kamado Grill as well as $500 worth of grilling meats on Sunday. When we come back in, our buddy Eric Edholm, what did we learn from the Ravens' loss to the Jaguars? We'll talk about that next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guilfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials. We'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. What's up, everyone? This is Tyus Bowser, and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back for season two of the Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests. And of course, our co-hosts, Glenn and Rita. Where's Rita and Glenn? What is it? I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday nights on 1057 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Tyus Bowser Show right now at PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, November 29th at Mother's Peninsula Grill, 969 Ritchie Highway in Arnold. It's brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. 
Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 1140. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 1140, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. The weather outside is really unpleasant, so it's time to warm up with some comfort classics this winter at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Try the twisted ribs and wings combo. It's two full pounds of meat, the mac and cheese bites, Mr. Richard's meatloaf, the citrus salmon, the winter spinach salad, and for dessert, here's internet radio personality Griffin Bass to tell you about the bourbon butter cake. Oh my god, it's so good. Pair it with a blood orange bourbon cider or a devil's backbone cranberry smash. Place your order now at glorydaysgrill.com glorydaysgrill.com Great food, good sports. Check out Jeremy Kahn's daily picks at PressBoxOnline.com as he tries to find you daily winners. And speaking of winners, here's a man who once won a media curling contest. And I don't think anything else. He's Glenn Clark. Big week ahead for UMBC basketball as they got a big local rivalry game coming up against Coppin State this Wednesday, November 30th. They also host Morgan State on December 10th. You can get your tickets right now at umbcretrievers.com. you got to experience game day at the peak. The women are taking on American on December 18th. Opportunity to get out and check out the Retrievers right now. Get your tickets at umbcretrievers.com. <sighs> a few things. One, um, Andrew Catalan's point about the defense is getting some play right now on Twitter, and understandably so. It's, I keep coming back to scream about Greg Roman all you want, and I get it. And by the way, I, I do it partly put it on. When I say my, my problem from yesterday is the Ravens have to run the ball and play defense, and they didn't do that, well, it's Greg Roman's responsibility to get them to run the ball too. I'm not – those are the two misses. The two misses yesterday are the running backs didn't run three yards per carry, and I get it. Almost all of that was Gus Edwards. There were like three combined carries for Kenyon Drake and Justice Hill. Of course, Kenyon Drake also dropped the ball on the flat. That was inexcusable. They couldn't run the ball. That falls on Greg Roman. He's here to run the ball. So I think a lot of you believe that I am a defender of Greg Roman or that I am a Greg Roman homer or something like that. Not the case whatsoever. He absolutely deserves criticism for yesterday because they couldn't run the ball. And as I've said a billion times, Greg Roman is here to run the ball. If you don't run the ball, that falls on Greg Roman. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. Greg Roman failed yesterday. He missed my, I'll preview, we're going to do slaps in a bit. He missed my slaps list. But only because there was somebody that it, I could, by a technicality, because there was somebody on the list, and you guys are kind of cheating a little bit by trying to put somebody else on your list as an offensive player when really the problem yesterday was what they did in special teams. That person, to me, made the list and prevented Greg Roman from making it. But the inability to run the ball absolutely falls on Greg Roman's shoulders. Now, it's not his fault that Gus Edwards fumbled. The other problem there is that Gus Edwards fumbles so rarely that 
it's it's not like a situation where you say, well, you got to take him off the field. No, you damn well don't. <laughs> like he's the one guy right now that you have some faith in among the backs. Like you got to keep him out there. Messy situation. Messy, messy, messy situation for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, we're also we'll go over the picks recap and all that coming up here in a few minutes. Um, I do still need you guys to get in. We're about 70% of the way full on our raffle to benefit the Helping Up mission. We need you to help us help the Helping Up mission. Go at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. The information is pinned at the top. But it's very simple. We're doing things a little bit differently this year. We're not doing coats. We're doing toiletries and underwear. And if you guys want to go out and purchase those things, I think our friend Nick Kelly is trying to have some of his students collect some of those things. I will figure out a way to coordinate with you picking them up. And Drew and I are still working on having a night at Glory Days Grill for everybody to come hang out. So that's still in play. But what we really need, because it's it's not like going to your closet and cleaning it out, This what we need is we need you to donate money so that we can go out and purchase new underwear, new toiletries. And we got a great deal worked out with the folks at Target and White Marsh. They're going to make the money go a little bit longer or further. So what we need is you to spend, donate $25. Make a $25 donation for the Helping Up mission. And what we're doing is we're offering you a spot in a raffle. And like I said, we got about 30 spots left. So the goal is to have it closed out by the end of the week. I'd like to close it out sooner than that. But by Friday night, I'd like to have this all closed out so we can pick a winner because we got great raffle prizes. Calais Campbell autographed full-size Ravens helmet. Trey Mancini autographed print. And a to-be-determined Tyus Bowser autographed piece of memorabilia. Those are our three grand prizes. And one of those things might make a really great holiday gift for someone you know. So it is also a win-win. You do something for the people in our community that need it, donate $25 to the Helping Up mission, and you could end up being our raffle winner and getting an amazing piece of memorabilia that could make a great gift for yourself or for someone else. Um, at Glenn-Clark on Venmo, GlennClark180 on PayPal or GlennClarkRadio at gmail.com or dollar sign Glenn Clark Radio on Cash App. Again, if you want more of the details, go to GlennClarkRadio.com or at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. It's pinned up. We were asking you to help us help the Helping Up mission. And if you have other questions, if there's something you're uncomfortable with, please feel free to reach out, let me know, and we will work you through that. Anything that we can do to help out the folks in our community who need it this holiday season. Good to have our buddy Eric Edholm back with us now here on GCR. He handled the Ravens game as far as the What We Learned column at NFL.com is concerned. Eric, it's great to chat with you, pal. Thank you, as always, for taking the time for us. Yeah, my pleasure. Happy to be here. Yeah, uh, weird day. It's not. I'm not sure that I'm happy to be doing uh, uh, media in Baltimore <laughs> today. It's one of those weird days where everybody is being uh, terribly overdramatic. Um <laughs> Obviously, yesterday wasn't good, Eric, for the Baltimore Ravens. I this is the part that I'm struggling with, right? As you as you bring up in the column, of course, we've seen this unfortunately a few times. This is now the fourth time this season where the Ravens have had a multi-score lead in the second half, yeah. and they have failed to win a game. Part of that is a reminder of that we know this team is good because they've had second-half leads in every game they've played this season. Like they, yeah. They, we know this is a good football team. We know there's a disconnect. The, the part to me yesterday that stands out the most 
is I kind of accepted that this team has a very narrow path to success. They have to run the ball. They have to play defense. I mean, they're, they're lining up Demarcus Robinson and Deshaun Jackson at wide receiver. They don't have yeah. the, the guys. They've got to do these things. They didn't do it yesterday, and it immediately leads to the question, if the Ravens can't run the ball and play defense against the Jaguars, can they do it when they have to play the real teams if they get to the playoffs? Yeah, yeah, and, that, and you know, that question – technically may not be answered until week 18. I don't think, you know, I mean, right, like you right. know, the schedule is pretty friendly until then. I mean, um, yeah, but know, we thought Steelers it was friendly have... yesterday, Eric. <laughs> I should put that in air quotes, I guess, but uh, asterisk or something like that. But yeah, I mean, right. I, I agree with you. I mean, obviously Gus's fumble was, was a, <laughs> a turning point there and, uh, you know, watching the defense, which, you know, obviously we've been talking about what, what Roquan Smith adds and, and how it's kind of picked up everybody else. And, and even without, you know, Kyle Hamilton or, and a few other guys, I mean, they, you don't expect Trevor Lawrence to suddenly look like, you know, the, the national championship version of Trevor Lawrence at Clemson going up against, uh, you know, Wofford, right? So that that's that's the disappointing part is the inability to close out games and especially defensively make a play there. You know, Peters and, and Stevens certainly had some plays they allowed there on the outside at the very end. And, you know, those are – that's supposedly a, a position of strength for them. So it, it obviously is concerning. Yeah. I mean, that's the that's the part to be that I just can't shake is that if – and that's – I keep using the term margin for error, right? Like, I this is yeah. a, a good football team that has the ability to win games and probably has the ability to beat good teams. I know they didn't necessarily – they beat the Bengals – but they didn't necessarily get the job done against the good teams they played, although they were right in those games. It's just that if something goes wrong, I, I compared it to a presidential election earlier, Eric, right? Like sometimes we talk about a presidential election. You're like, well, if you lose Wisconsin, you got to win Pennsylvania and you got to win Georgia and you got to win. There isn't really a backup plan for these Ravens. Like they have to have teams play their style of football, dictate the, the, the way the game is played, limit the possessions. And if they don't do that, they're probably not going to be able to find another path to victory. Right. Or like poker, like you're, you're kind of praying for the inside straight almost. Yeah, in things. a way, right. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, the same kind of idea. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's a good point. And, and, you know, part of it, obviously, I think maybe there's a league-wide uh, sort of development here where, you know, teams are now starting to realize you have to be able to run, uh, defend the run. You know, for years we said defense are getting lighter and faster and, you know, defending, uh, you know, these, these prolific passers that littered the league for a decade or whatever. Now we're kind of getting away from that a little bit and more teams are built like the Ravens than, you know, there have been in, in, in they used to be kind of standalone team, right? I mean, there, were, there was maybe one or two other teams that had – elements of what the Ravens run offensively. Now you see a lot of teams featuring the run game and there's just perhaps it's a little bit more common to see, you know, you see those type of quarterbacks a little bit more often and, and defending them is, is I wouldn't say easier, but it's certainly something that you're doing a little bit more often. So, you know, the whole preparing for the Ravens thing isn't quite as daunting as it may have once been. I think that's fair. I think it's reasonable. Eric Edholm, NFL.com is with us here on GCR. Eric, you alluded to the significance of all this for the Jaguars, and maybe that's – I think a lot of the reaction in Baltimore this week is the Jaguars are garbage. How dare you lose to that team? But it's very interesting yeah. because we are talking about a quarterback who we've certainly seen signs from. 
you know, obviously earlier this year he was brilliant against the Chargers, right? There was a moment earlier on in the year where I thought that we might have been watching a star turn for Trevor Lawrence, and he wasn't able to back that up. But we've seen the signs. We know how good of a coach Doug Peterson is. Their record wasn't good. They were trending in the wrong direction, but they were coming off a bye. Is this as bad of a loss as people in Baltimore think it is, or do we... Knowing this is the NFL, every game is difficult, there are professionals in every team, is there something to be said for this is a Jaguars team that probably was a bit trickier than a lot of people in Baltimore wanted to give them credit for in the week leading up to this? Yeah, I think there's some truth to that, right? I mean, they may have hit rock bottom a, a month ago and, and you know, given up, what was it, 30-something points to the Colts. I mean, those are the kind of games where you say, okay, we, maybe we grab, you know, in August, we were ready to anoint this team as, you know, oh, they're on the verge of the playoffs or whatever. Okay, we rushed that a little bit, or some people did, certainly. And we also rushed the fact that they were as awful as they were the previous two years. There's, I mean, the truth lies somewhere in the middle there where, like you said, they've got, I think, the two most important positions on a football team kind of figured out now. I mean, I'm not ready to say that Trevor Lawrence is, is his Pro Bowl-level quarterback and that everything's peachy keen and no, no worries whatsoever – you saw when there was pressure there, there were a few times when it certainly looked a little dicey and he got away with the, uh, you know, a, a sketchy play late in the game where it could have been a fumble. But, you know, I, I think head coach and quarterback, if, if you feel pretty good about those being the most important positions or, or spots on a football team, Jaguars are in pretty good shape there. Those receivers made some plays yesterday that, you know, I don't think were just fluky or only because the Ravens didn't play good enough defense. So, you know, there's always some – so obviously some depth now, and, and this is something that when the Ravens, I mean, when the Jaguars had experienced some injuries in the past, it was, you know, their backups worse than, than almost any other team in some cases. So I do think that this is one of those losses that you look back on and realize it wasn't quite the, uh, the Hindenburg experience that everybody made it out to be. If you just watched Lawrence from the fourth quarter in overtime, you'd say, wow, like, who is this kid, right? He was, he was pretty special down the stretch, and I don't think this was all about Baltimore just giving him throws. This was the guy making as confident a throw as we've seen from him in the NFL, I think. I mean, that was a perfect throw on the touchdown. Like, I mean, it just, you can't. Gorgeous. I mean, I, I'm not trying to absolve Mark, Marcus Peters of blame because I thought he stunk yesterday. But, like, yeah. I mean, I don't, what else do you do there? That is in, a, in an unsettled situation to just, with no timeouts, walk up to the line and drop that yeah. ball in that perfect spot, I, you, you kind of have to tip your cap sometimes and be like, yo, there's any quarterback that does that, whether whether they're Tom Brady or whether they're, you know, it was Kyle Bowler who did that. You got to credit that quarterback and say, damn, dude, that is some that is some big ball stuff right there. Yeah, right. I mean, since we're on the analogy thing, like uh, it's the crane kick of, of, <laughs> of throws. Like sometimes when you do it perfectly – there's no way to stop it, right? And that's that's how you sort of, like you said, you tip your cap and move on. Now, in that situation, obviously, you wish that uh, there was something you could have done. And, you know, maybe there's an inconsistent rush. And, you know, there's some, some pieces up front that could that certainly help. They've had to rely on, like you said, spare parts, not only at receiver, but at edge as well. And, you know, there's a lot of new faces. So you can understand that this defense isn't perfectly in sync in some of those spots. But, yeah, that's just a, that's a great throw. And, that's why you draft Trevor Lawrence number one overall. I mean, that's that's the reality, and we'll see if he can uh, build off that and sustain it moving forward. Um, Eric, yeah. I, I come back to the most simplistic question. Is 
is it possible for this team, the Ravens, I mean, given everything we're talking about, is it possible for them to figure out a way to navigate back towards winning a Super Bowl? Or do we look at this and say, look, they can be good, but, man, there are just too many limitations to believe that that's practical? This year, I have a hard time seeing it, but I don't rule it out. I mean, a couple weeks ago, I did a – I think kind of ranking the, the, the AFC teams I trust the most, and they were pretty high on the list. I mean, I it. you know, it's, it's a, yeah, I mean, it's, it's funny. That was obviously pre-Sunday, but, I mean, you know, you still think about it and you say, all right, you know, the Chiefs are kind of in their own category right now. The Bills are still dangerous, but they've shown some weakness. I mean, everybody, I think, has at least a little bit of an Achilles heel and, and on that side. I mean, you could say the same for the NFC, certainly. And there's a lot of teams in contention on that side of the bracket, but you know, I mean, I, I understand why an opponent would be very scared of the, of Kansas city, you know, certainly the same applies for for Buffalo, but you know, the Ravens have, have, you know, should have beaten the bills and, and should have won, won some other games along the way. You mentioned the fourth quarter stuff and you know, that there's, Yesterday still looked like a team that was going to pull it out when, when Lamar hit uh, Deshaun and then Josh for the touchdown. I mean, that looked like it could have been a game-winning drive right there. So is it possible? Absolutely. When they won it in 12-13, whatever year that was, I didn't think they were winning the Super Bowl that, that year, right? I didn't think the Bengals were getting to the Super Bowl last year. There's, there's still and, and they certainly could have had their chances, too. There are plenty of ways to get to a Super Bowl in an unexpected fashion, and they're good enough to do that. If that answers the question, no, no, I, do I, I think a likelihood? No, but right. it is a That's sort of the way that I feel, is that I feel like we're, we're trying to skip ahead and everybody's trying to you know write in Baltimore obituaries for the Baltimore Ravens and talk about where the future is, and I, I'm with you. I don't find it to be likely, but... I can't ignore the fact that if they can just get churning, if they can get you know Marcus Williams, Kyle Hamilton back, yeah. and shore up the secondary a little bit, and if J.K. Dobbins comes back and Gus Edwards keeps trending and Ronnie Stanley, like there are still enough ifs there, and I get it, other players will likely get hurt. This is the NFL, um, but there are enough ifs there for me to say I still got to watch this play out, and then we can deal with it once it's over. The Ravens, I think, will have a lot of decisions that they have to make at that point if they don't win a Super Bowl, but. You know, the idea that we know with confidence that that's the answer today, I I can't say that just yet. I'm not quite there. All right. Yep. Eric Edholm, yep. what, uh, what's going to be coming up for you this week at NFL.com? Yeah, kind of shifting a little bit in there, at least more so into the, the draft stuff. I know you guys uh, aren't quite set not draft yet. mode yet. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> not unlike, yet. Unlike I mean, last year where I think we were having these conversations with you around this point <laughs> of the year. That's what I'm here for, man. I'm just like a safety net for fan bases, right? You're depressed over how your season's going. Come talk to me. Let's talk a little draft. If you're not ready, I'll come see you in January. That's fine, too, but... Yeah, obviously, uh, you know, we're sort of hitting the home stretch here in the regular season, and uh, I've got uh, my playoff uh, sort of primer that I do every week to kind of look at just the big picture and what's standing out. So I've got three teams that are better than their record and three that are actually worse than their record. That'll be coming out in the next day or two. Excellent. At Eric underscore Ed Holm on Twitter is how you follow him, and you know that we will be in touch plenty as we get towards draft season, my friend. Appreciate you as always. Uh, thanks for doing this. Let's talk again soon, all right? All right, glad to see you, man. It's Eric Edholm. Uh, I've always appreciated our conversations with him over the years.
All right. Uh, hour number one is winding down of today's program. It's also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and by a Toyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Is that Ron? All right. I always promise our guy Ron and Owings Mills. What's that? What? What's the problem? I told him we can take a break. And nah, then... nah, we'll go ahead and grab him. We'll get the break afterwards. Ron is in uh, Owings Mills. I've Look, if you guys have wanted to call in, I've had people ask me before, why do you let Ron call in and you don't give the phone number for other people? If you want to call in, message me. That's what Ron does. He says, I'd like to call in today. Message me. And we can find a time for you to call in. We just don't do the, the show like that we do over at the radio station. We call in whenever you want. Ron, good morning, pal. How are you? Good morning. Yeah, I can notice. Yes, always. You always. Ron always sends me a message, says, I want to buzz in this morning. And I say, here's the time that you can buzz in. And sometimes I have to say, Ron, we don't really have time for that this morning. Like, that's the yeah, way it works. Yeah. And then if you guys want the same luxury, message me and... You know, probably I, I've known Ron for Ron's been calling me for for 14 years. So like, yeah. you know, we got to relate. If you're somebody I know, I'll give you the hotline number and you can call in too. That's the promise. All right, I'm sorry. Look, no, nah, you're good, man. I mean, it's it's relationship. It's a relationship business, people. You know, um, uh, when you call in, you know, I I, I I'm not tr- trying to toot my own horn, but you know, it's a, when I've been in this business for over 20 years as a professional. <laughs> Hang on, we got it. Ron, I, I, I apologize. We had a, an issue there with the phone. We'll get it fixed real quick, and we'll grab you right back. Uh, I love that Ron said he's been in the business for over 20 years as a professional fan. That's my favorite. That might be my favorite thing, is the, in the business for 20 years as a professional fan. Um, did you hang up on him? I think so. Oh, okay. We'll get, we'll get, I'll tell you what. Grab a break. We'll, we'll bring him back. Oh, that's a good line. All right, we'll come back in. Uh, we got to do uh, slaps, and we got to do picks recap. We'll do that for sure. That's on the way. Glenn Clark Radio. Looking for a simple holiday meal? Try Chick-fil-A catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. UMBC basketball is back at Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena, and tickets are available now at umbcretrievers.com. Don't miss any of the great early season matchups as the men take on local rivals Coppin State on November 30th and Morgan State on December 10th, while the women square off with American on December 18th. Experience the excitement of game day at the peak by getting your tickets right now to come see the Retrievers at Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena. Lock yours in at umbcretrievers.com. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be 
a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, New Maryland basketball coach Kevin Willard sits down with Stan Charles and Glenn Clark to discuss the situation he inherited in College Park and how he plans to get the program turned around. Also, inside, we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from all of the teams in the area. And Bo Smoka profiles Ravens receiver Devin DuVernay. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at GinsuGrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today join glenn at halftime of every ravens game for the project game day halftime show at facebook.com slash sports we apologize in advance there's not much we can do about his face all right let me try again my buddy ron and owings mills buzzed in this morning good morning pal how are we glenn it's a pleasure i'm sorry about that i i think um where i left off was just all right, we try, man. I, I, I'm sorry, Ron. We got to. This is on our end here. Give it one more shot, Griffin, because it is our fault. It's not Ron's fault, and I don't want to pay. Give it one more shot. Try to fix it, and then we'll see where it goes. I, I am apologetic. I don't know why we're having these issues, and hopefully, we'll try one more time. All Ron, right. you there? Can you hear me? Yeah, I got you much better this time. Okay. All right. All right. I'll try and be. I'll try and be quick. I, I just want to say, Justin Tucker's. That was one of the most beautiful misses I've ever seen. <laughs> um, I, I, were you surprised though, Glenn? I'm being serious when I say this. You can't really ice Tucker. Were you surprised Harbaugh didn't call a timeout? Um, I hear what you're saying, Ron. I don't think it makes a difference. I didn't feel like I. I know the argument is that he looked like he was hurried. I don't know that he looked like he was hurried. I mean, they knew they were running him out there. I thought he was set. I don't think anything was making a difference. I, I just I think it's absurd to think that somebody can make a sixty seven yard outdoor kick, even the greatest kicker of all time. Um Yeah. I think they needed four more yards. Like I, I keep thinking about this. I was talking our buddy uh our buddy Josh Charles texted me this morning and said, I love you, but I can't listen today. I'm too upset. And I, I understand <laughs> that, Josh. I get it. Um but he and I were texting yesterday and one of the things I said is in that moment. I I know why Lamar dumped it off to Oliver on the play before. But the truth is, mm-hmm. with his speed, I think the better scenario there was to have Lamar run and that he mm-hmm. could get a couple more yards in the short amount of time that they had than Oliver was going to be able to get. I also thought that Oliver was purposely trying to angle towards the sideline. I think you get. I think a lot of players in those moments are so used to having to try to get out of bounds that yeah. he started moving towards the sideline a little bit quicker when what they really needed him to do was go barrel his helmet down and just see if he could bully his way to about three more yards on that play to make it even a reasonable attempt 
at a game-winning kick. I just I don't know that the timeout would have made any difference there. Could they have done so it? Think, Maybe, yeah. but I don't know that it would have made a difference. So you think the kick is good from 63? I think it was good from 63, maybe 64. I think it was in that okay. 63 to 64 was the range where I think it could have been good from. And I I'm just w- I'm with you. And I I'm just think you. that's the limit. I think people talk all the time about the kicks somebody makes in pregame. Like, oh, he had distance from 70. Dude, there's nobody trying to block the kick in pregame. Like, we... Right. We, we lose our minds about where somebody makes a kick from in pregame. That has nothing to do with what it looks like in a game. The trajectory that you have to drive a ball in a game because people are trying to block the kick is completely different than in pregame. Um, and sometimes dudes yeah. are kicking off tees in pregames. Like, yeah, it's insane. I mean, I hear you. I mean, my argument has always been you always give him the opportunity in that situation and, over a Hail Mary. And for what it's worth, I actually probably agree with you. Like, I... I I yeah. really I think it was a I think you had about a one percent chance of converting a hail mary and a two to three percent chance of Justin Tucker making a sixty-seven yard kick. You could say by how close it was, maybe it was more like a twelve percent chance that he had to make mm-hmm. a mere kick. Um, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you, like to me, I, like I enjoy watching him even when he does miss. Like I actually get like I get something out of my Sunday. It's entertaining. Like, even when he mi- – I know that's so wrong. Like, you should only be a fan. Like, your team lost. Like, I actually enjoy when he misses. I'm, like, relieved for him because, in my opinion, I've watched the career. I've seen him bail this team out so many times. And, yeah, we take it for granted how far a 67-yard field goal really is because he's spoiled us so much, and it's really hard. I mean, I just think you always give him the opportunity in that situation over Hell Mary. I agree with you. The Oliver thing is a great point. He was trying to get out, and I think if he just got three more yards – I think right. it's good, and they have and they have the timeout. I just I just think it's so intrinsic. Like I, I, first of all, it's Josh Oliver. Like it's hard for me to. He was one of the few guys that kind of showed up yesterday. Yeah. Um, so it's hard for me to be too critical of him. But in that moment, it just felt like it. It it was in. It was much like the touchdown thing. When we talk about the debate, should he have gone down at the one, gotten the first down, forced the Jaguars to use more timeouts? I. I don't. This they couldn't have run the clock out, so I don't know that that's the answer either. But I do think it's inherently right. in your nature as a player in that moment. I got to try to get out of bounds and stop the clock. Well, they didn't need him to get out of bounds, and so they should have been. They should have been con- con- conveying that significantly as the offense was taking the field. You guys don't have to get out of bounds. You have to get more yards. You got to be aware of the clock. Uh, yeah. That that's the tricky uh, part. And Lamar kind of danced a little bit, so they were in some clock trouble to make sure that they got the timeout right. called. And and I'll say this about Justin's comments at the game: he's like Michael Jordan. Of course, he thinks he's going to make every kick. That's right. why I love him. Do I think I look? Only he can, he knows if he kicked the best ball he did. He says he didn't. He thinks he could have gotten a little more. I'm going to take him at his word. Obviously, he's a he's a Jordan. He's he's a he's a Kobe. He thinks he can he can always make anything. Uh, maybe he didn't get it perfect, absolutely perfect. It was still an amazing kick. But I'll just say this. Let me leave you this with this team. I don't know what this team is going to do. Ultimately, it will be judged based on how we do in the postseason. We are going to make the playoffs. I do believe that. That's, that's the bottom line. I do believe everything about coaching decisions, who is here and who's not, is going to come down to the playoffs. I don't care what happens. This team, yes, is incredibly frustrating. We, sh- we should be better than 7-4. and four. But you and I, Glenn, know it doesn't matter if we can just win in the playoffs and ultimately get where we need to go. But if Roman is here, if Harbaugh is here, I know the Harbaugh thing drives you nuts, but I do have some concerns. But the Roman thing specifically, even the Lamar contract thing, I, I, we can get that settled. But everything comes down to the playoffs, Glenn. 
we're so fixated on this. It's a, it's very frustrating. The fans are frustrated, but you and I both know it can be fixed if you win in the playoffs. That's what this comes down to. I hear you. I, I mean, I, it's possible, and that's why I can't say that it's, you know, I will, we'll find out. I, we, we all want to have the answer today. We don't have the answer yet, Ron. That's just the way it goes. I pre- and, and, and Kevin Willard is a better coach than Mark Terry, no, so right, he should be encouraged. Right now, it, better, it sure as hell looks that way. You're not wrong. I, I, can't, I can't judge it. I, like, yeah. obviously, it's so yeah. early, but I'll just say this. Like, I'm not ready to put him in the Hall of Fame, but I do it's see a, some differences here, Glenn, yeah. that have gotten me excited. It's, so a, hell, it's excited. a hell of a start. It's a hell of a start. They all got right, Illinois man. on Friday. We'll see how that goes. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate Take you. Care. Take care. I, I'm trying to figure out, so I'm trying to piece this together. So Lamar Jackson, of course, sent this tweet that got everybody worked up about. It was a reply to some random person. Then today, he's kind of going after Jamison Hensley from ESPN. He tweets, at Jamison Hensley, this is defamation of my character because not once have I ever mentioned or disrespect anyone's sexuality, sexual orientation, gender, religion, or race. You're reaching. I'm trying, so I read the way that the story of the tweet was written up by Jamison Hensley at ESPN.com. It says, Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson responded to a social media post Sunday that criticized his performance with a profanity-laced tweet that included an anti-gay phrase. And that's a very, that I, I can understand using that verbiage why Lamar Jackson would be bothered by it. I don't know that it's fair to call it an anti-gay phrase. Um, what he said, of course, is, is not... It's definitely vulgar, and it's definitely not appropriate. Eat... I mean, we, we're on the internet, I can say it. What Lamar Jackson said was, boy, STFU, shut the F up. I'm going to use some vulgar language here. If you have kids, give me 20 seconds. Come right back. Boy, STFU, y'all be capping too much on this app. MFR, I think you know what that means. Never smelt a football field, never did shit but eat dick. Now, there is, there is a, a homosexual tone to saying eat dick. All right, I'm done. I'm not going to say it again. I understand that. To say it's anti-gay, I'm not sure. I really don't know. I mean that. I don't know. I I can't confidently say that it is. And I don't think I would use, if I was writing about it, I don't think I would describe it as anti-gay. I don't know exactly what I would use to describe it. And I can, I can understand Lamar Jackson being... You know, ESPN.com is a prominent website. I could understand him being angry about that being the way that it's written up on the website. Now, Lamar still said what he said, and, and it's not – I'm not worked up about it. I don't care. I think he was angry about something after a game. I think there's a lot of idiots on Twitter. I'm not mad about it. Um, we know there's certain verbiage or there's certain terminology that we don't use. Once upon a time, the, the word that starts with F and ends with T was a very commonly used word. And while some people knew the damage they were doing, I think a lot of people, I mean, I, I definitely remember being a kid having, it was just a bad word you could call somebody. I don't know what eat D. I don't, is that anti-gay? I'm, I'm honestly asking the question. I feel like I should text one of my gay friends this morning and ask if that's anti-gay. I don't know. 
Like, I, I, I guess I could see where somebody might think it was. I don't like. You're saying do that because it's somehow a negative thing if you do that. But I, you're not saying that. You're not saying because that makes you gay and gay is bad. Like, I don't know what that is. And I don't think it's fair to immediately jump to anti-gay. So I can understand why Lamar is worked up about that. This is what we're breaking down this mm-hmm. morning. This is, this, is, this is where we are. Lamar Jackson's mad. Every God! And you say that we, you would prefer it when we lose. All you guys in the media, you like it better when the Ravens lose. Sure. I definitely want to be doing this this morning. You nailed it. This is exactly how I want to spend time on the show this morning. I'm actually I'm going to text one of my gay friends and ask them. <laughs> I'm going to do that. Right now, let's go over picks real quick. Picks okay. recap. Brought to you. By the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Uh, Griffin and I are going down to hang out there a little bit later on today. Yeah. Looking forward to being down in the FanDuel Sportsbook. I might go ahead and pop a couple of... You know what? After the weekend I had, I might take a day off, actually. Let me, <laughs> let me strike that. <laughs> might take the day off. Might rest up. Ice, ice up, son. As <laughs> Steve Smith Sr. once upon a time said. Might go ahead and rest up on that. But um, the absolute best place. You're thinking about tomorrow afternoon, a huge game for the U.S. men against Iran. Where are you going to watch it? There is going to be no better atmosphere than the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Reserve your spot right now by emailing events at sportssocialmd.com. It was trending towards being a really good week for your boy. And then wow. everything yeah. came off the rails on Sunday. <laughs> Yo, I was, I was flying through Thursday and Saturday. And then, <laughs> womp, womp. Shame the NFL week didn't end on Thursday. Shame that's the case. <sighs> such is life uh college games we picked Rutgers Maryland obviously Maryland uh, comfortably covers there shutting out Rutgers 37-0 so only Kyle and Paul Valley miss that one um as far as Maryland's bowl game destinations a lot of talk about Charlotte some talk about Phoenix I, I guess there's still a scenario where they could end up somehow in Detroit like there's so little drama going this is maybe the worst championship weekend in the history of college football one, it's like in the Big Ten, this is why they're getting rid of, of divisions. Because in a normal world, they'd just be able to play Ohio State-Michigan again. When, when divisions go away, and I don't remember what year they officially go away, but when divisions go away, they'll just run Ohio State-Michigan back next week for the championship. And it's the game of the year. Again, it's the ba- you get back-to-back weeks of the game of the year. Now, why it would be any different, why Ohio State would be any better against the run next week, I don't know. I would think that it would basically be the exact same thing. But um, th- this is a, a lame championship weekend. There is just very little excitement to this whatsoever. It appears at this point as that no matter win or lose, Georgia-Michigan definitely in. It might even be the win or lose TCU is in at this point. I guess if they lose and USC wins, obviously USC is in with a win. If TCU loses and USC wins, then you have to have a conversation about one loss TCU versus two loss Alabama. And given the way that the committee feels about the SEC, it's going to be Alabama. Probably yeah. going to be Alabama. But do you put two loss Alabama in over three loss LSU if they win the SEC championship? I, 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 you know, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know. I guess you're assuming that Georgia is going to beat LSU, so you're not going to have to worry about that conversation. And Alabama probably defaults to that spot. So it is but an exciting championship. Is the, no, it's not really. And is there is there an argument for a one loss Ohio State versus a two loss Alabama? I I think there is. Like I think there is. So 
I don't know. There's I, the truth is, if those four teams win, those are the four teams that are in. It's as simple as that. Anyway, they'll get rid of divisions in uh, 2024. Thank when, you. Uh, UCLA 20, and USC. 2024 is when divisions go away, and then they would just be able to run back Ohio State, Michigan in the championship game because those are the two top teams. This division thing is hurt. Or, or, the big or USC. Ah, uh, that's a good point. If USC has this, at that point, if they're in, yeah, that's, no, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Uh, moral of the story being that Maryland would, of course, be rooting for Ohio State to also get into the playoff somehow because then it bumps everybody in the Big Ten up another notch on the bowl selection process. Then I guess at that point, I don't know, Purdue goes the Rose Bowl? I don't even know. I guess maybe Penn State goes the Rose Bowl at that point. And then everybody gets benefits from that. You get a better bowl game in the process. There's a doomsday scenario where they end up in Detroit. That would be obviously a disaster. But um, Charlotte and Phoenix would be very good uh, locations for Maryland to go play a bowl game uh, as they finish the regular season 7-5. and five. I guess the seven wins also triggered the tacked on another year to Mike Loxley's contract. He earned another year with that. Uh, USC does indeed handle business against Notre Dame. Caleb Williams all but clinching the Heisman Trophy in the process. They win 38-27. to Only Andrew Stetka was on Notre Dame, although he would get it back. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Michigan overwhelms Ohio State, just runs the ball right down their throats in the second half, just kicks their ass on the ground. Um, myself, Paul Valley, and Ken Zalis were all on Ohio State. On Thanksgiving, Griffin was a lone wolf on Buffalo. You're welcome for not letting that be. I had a terrible week. I don't remember what what was your pick for our. Um, oh, I had the uh, under in Denver and uh, Carolina. So you you Passing ended up flying colors. You're, you're welcome for yeah. not letting yes. you pick this one, yes. which was going to be your one. And I felt I, real good about Buffalo. I, I, I went over two. You actually yeah. got yours this week. Go figure. Uh, yeah, Griffin was like, dude, I really want to pick Buffalo. Yeah, sure. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate uh, it. They, uh, they win by three. They did win, thanks to uh, late heroics from Stefan Diggs, but they do not cover the 10. Everybody but Griffin gets that point. Uh, the Giants, brilliant, brilliant backdoor cover. Oh, oh that is gosh. a statement I turned the game statement off. Cover drive. I turned the game off. I was like, well. I had a funny feeling. Uh, that is a statement cover drive from the Giants on Thanksgiving. As Griffin <laughs> and I get that point, they lose by eight. The line was nine and a half. Just chef's beautiful. kiss. Chef's kiss. And then um, a really good game on Thanksgiving night between Minnesota and New England. Minnesota wins 33-26. Everybody got that one except for Griffin and John Proctor. Uh, nobody was on Cleveland, who not only covers but wins outright in overtime. Nick Chubb running in 23-17. The Buccaneers are a disaster but are also still the favorites to win the NFC South. That division stinks. Carolina, not dead. Not dead for a playoff berth. You got Sam Darnold. They're rolling now. God, go figure. Uh, Cincinnati a disappointment or sorry Tennessee was a disappointment um, this is the first time that the Mike Vrabel has lost and failed to cover on 10 days of rest in his coaching career oh that was your pick right? that was yeah. my pick yep yeah. Cincinnati wins 20 to 16 John Proctor Kyle Ottenheim are the only ones on the Bengals and then Andrew Stecka lone wolf on the Jaguars feel good about that feel good huh do you feel good about it Stecka <laughs> you still stink um, they uh they uh, they do they went out right against the Ravens. I lost some ground. Bad bad week. Yeah, not a good yeah. week for Griffin. As everybody, you know, like this wasn't a disastrous week for anyone. <laughs> Paul Valley went three and six, which was a bummer for him because he and I had been tied atop the table. Now he's a couple of games back. So I went five and four. Myself, uh, Stetka, Ottenheimer, and Proctor all go five and four. Griffin and KZ go four and five. Paul goes three and six. So Paul gives a couple of games back. KZ is plummeting. 
Yeah, man, KZ's in trouble. Like he's only a game clear of you for Vice Worm at this point. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm the only one over 500. I'm 56 and 55 for the year. Two games back, you find Paul Valley. Three games back, John Proctor. Then KZ and Kyle Ottenheimer. Four games back, Griffin remains Vice Worm at 51 and 60. He's five games back. He's still comfortably clear of Andrew Stecka, but you know there is still time, right? Like there's still a lot of time yeah. left. You can't be given a t- one and two games back every week, or else all of a sudden we're going to get to a point where this becomes interesting at the end of the year. Um, Stack a sub sub five hundred significantly, even after an over five hundred week. He's uh, forty three and sixty eight, thirteen games back, eight games uh, free of Griffin. As at the top of the table, we're playing for a little bit of cash. At the bottom of the table, trying to avoid being. The worm, the one who's got to come in here, eat a worm burger, do the Scotty Too Hotty worm, and then uh, get a Rikishi-style stink face. So that's what's at stake in our picks. Picks recap brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Of course, the comfort classic menu available right now at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill with the twisted ribs and wings combo, the citrus salmon, the mac and cheese bites, the winter spinach salad, the bourbon butter cake. Oh, my God. It's so good. Might be the best thing we ever do on this show. Pair it with a blood orange bourbon cidal or a devil's backbone cranberry smash. Glorydaysgrill.com is the website for you to get your order in. Now, slaps. And not as in, dude, this slaps. As in, yeah, you kind of need a slap after your performance. Slaps are brought to you by the Tyus Bowser Show, who's not going to get a slap. He made a huge play. Maybe the biggest oh, yeah. play of the game. So come out and uh, join him and a special guest tomorrow night, Mother's Peninsula Grill in Arnold. That's where we will be, side of town that isn't frequented by these types of events. So get down and join us at Mother's Peninsula Grill tomorrow night for the Tyus Bowser Show. It's brought to you by Great Eights Memorabilia and our friends, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. It's a partnership with Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia. Find out more, pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. You know the drill, five Ravens, two have to be offensive players, two have to be defensive players, fifth can be whatever you like, special teams player, coach, or another offensive or defensive player. A lot of you guys are are being cheaty today. Cheat-ish. Are they? Yeah, there's a lot of cheat-ish, a lot of trying to put both, for example. All right, I'll get into it, then we'll talk about it. My number five <laughs> this week is Demarcus Robinson. Uh, Lamar Jackson avoids my wrath. Because Lamar did just enough to overcome for some of his faux pas. And, for example, like the one that we're all criticizing DeMar- you know, uh, Lamar Jackson for on the deep ball is as much on Demarcus Robinson who stopped running. Like It's as much, if not more, on Demarcus Robinson. And then, of course, obviously, the drop in the end zone as well. I get it. Like DeMar- It's Demarcus Robinson that I'm criticizing, but we thought he was becoming a thing the last couple of weeks, and it was not a good day for Demarcus Robinson yesterday. He's my number five. Uh, yeah, there were probably a handful of guys on the offense. I, I was thinking about putting Mark Andrews here. He just wasn't didn't have a huge game. Devin Duvernay wasn't wasn't great. Uh, but I ended up going with Gus Edwards as my number five. The fumble, obviously, it didn't run well the entire nope. game. Um, so pretty, yeah. you know, Gus Edwards. He's higher. He's higher on my list. Um, my number four is Devin Duvernay. But that's like you guys are kind of trying to cheat by making Devin Duvernay your other offensive player when. Your your gripes with Devin Duvernay are what he did in special teams, and that's the part. Like again, Greg Roman misses my list because the truth is Devin Duvernay had to fill fill the hole of the fifth person, the the wild card on this list because my gripes with him are on special teams. It it's insane. He's running around left to right instead of returning a kick. I mean, what the what the hell was that? 
Um, I get that he got away with not fielding the punt earlier in the game that went into the end zone. And so maybe buoyed by that, he thought it was the right thing to do later on in the game to give it up again. Obviously, the Ravens end up getting pinned inside their own five-yard line because of it. Just just not a day for Devin Duvernay. If you combine that with the fact that he was hardly involved offensively, Devin Duvernay was an easy choice to make the list. But I had to be honest about it. He was... My gripes are on special teams, so I, he's got to fill the wild card spot on the list. I can't get away with making it. There, there are too many other candidates offensively for him to have been my second offensive player. So he's the wild card. He's number four. Gotcha. Uh, I mean, we could have gone with anyone, uh, really anyone defensively. I went with at my number four, Adafi Owe. I mean, he where he's where quiet. is yep. he? He, he, I, yep. he did not have a tackle. He yep. played forty percent of snaps. Um, he's no, a first-round pick, and he no, is not a, on the it's field. A, it's he's a, not doing anything. It's a legitimate field. problem. Yeah. I, I, he didn't make my list because you know he didn't make the mistakes that right. some other guys did. But it's a legitimate problem that the Ravens are dealing with, where you you invested a and it was one thing earlier in the year where we were like, I think he's playing well. He's just not making the impact plays because he's having to do too much. There's just nothing there right yeah. now. Like it's it's JPP's playing more than him. Houston's yeah, playing more than him. It's, it's rough. Yeah. It's rough. It's rough. Uh, number three is where you find Gus Edwards, just because the the fumble was so critical in determining the result of the game. You know, it it welcomed the Jaguars into the football game. If the Ravens, even after the Jaguars scored that touchdown, if the Ravens go put a drive together, suck a bunch of time off the clock, particularly if they score, you know, they can they can reseed, you know, retake control of the football game. They didn't do that, Gus Edwards. It was a disastrous fumble. And yes, to your point, he just didn't do enough in the ground game. For me to be able to say, hey, that you know, we can we can live with one mistake. It wasn't a good day for Gus Edwards. He's my number three. My number three was Brandon Stevens. He's been getting picked on all season, and then uh, you know he let up the two point conversion. You know, as soon as they, as soon as I saw Peters and Humphrey were on the same side, they motioned over Zay Jones, yep. and uh, yep. you know he did what he'd been doing all day. And well, he's number two on my Brandon list. Stevens. I mean, there's no getting around it. Um, the disappointing part with Brandon Stevens, as I mentioned earlier, he's an ascending player, like or someone that we've thought to be like that. I can live – we'll get to number one. My number one is obvious. Um, like, I, he's on his way down. Like, I understand that. Brandon Stevens is an ascending player, and for it to look as bad as it did and for it to be as rough as it was is particularly d- disappointing for a player that we have thought to be ascending and someone that you maybe thought was turning into a value guy that the Ravens found a little bit later on in draft – that could end up being a starting caliber type of player for them to sometime for some time to come. A la like say Ladarius Webb once upon a time. I get that's a high bar with Ladarius Webb because as a slot corner, he wasn't it was never a very good outside corner, but as a slot corner, he was unbelievable for much of his career. Um so I get that's a high bar, but you thought that maybe Brandon Stevens was becoming that type of player. Yesterday was it was just not good. Go ahead. My number two is uh, who I assume is your number one. I have Marcus Peters as my number two. Oh, you know, terrible game. He didn't want anything to do with Zay Jones the entire day. And yeah, you were way ahead of me on him. Uh, you, you had him as uh, what your number one at the midseason slap, and uh, and I was like, I had a little bit of pushback, but you were right. He was. He's yeah, he's, he's falling year. off. Yeah. It's been a bad year. I mean, again, the Cincinnati game, he looked good. Outside of that, it's just been a bad year. And I, I say it's been bad. It's been bad by maybe Marcus Peters standards, right? Like. I still think he has to be out there. Like, I'm not saying he has to be benched. I don't think they have a better option. But they need Marcus Peters. Marcus Peters is making money to be a football player. They need him to be a football player. And there's no other way for me to say it. It's just bad. It's bad, 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 bad. He's my number two. My number one was uh, – he was your number two or – oh, Sorry, he's my number one, yeah. yes. Uh, my number one was Lamar. 
I mean, uh, I, 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 it's, it's, I want, I, I mean, I wanted to put Eric DaCosta again, like I did earlier, but yeah, you didn't like yeah, that. Yeah, uh, so I'm using him kind of as a front man, more or less, but it's still on Lamar. I mean, I don't, I, my problem with DaCosta is because he's the one that constructed this offense, and, uh, and it's, it's not, it's not a good offense, uh, but Lamar has what he has out there, and, uh, you know, he wasn't able to get it done. He was, he still only completed 50% of his passes. He looked better. I mean, he looked okay on the, towards the end there, but yeah, I mean, he, he's got a, Put them, put them in position to make, to in a better position for a makeable field goal at yeah. the end. Get it, get the extra three or four yards. Yeah. Whether you throw it deeper, whether you keep it and run, and uh, and know. at the end of the day, I still it's it's on the quarterback. I and, I understand. Uh, I just think he did far. If without Lamar Jackson, they have no prayer. Oh yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, it's, I mean, it's he a probably would have been my number thing. one if they won. Well, the Justin very Tucker would have been my number one. If yeah, they won, well, if they won that way, correct. <laughs> but he's it's he, a very difficult. Thing I think there. win or lose, Lamar Jackson is almost always at this at the center of it for I, and me. I, and, and I and I I you know in a way. I think it's you have to try to keep that in mind when we make those lists. That like it's just too easy. This is what we do with the MVP award in quarterbacks. It's too easy to just say yeah. it's all on the quarterback. I think you still have to judge the way someone performed. And I do think that Lamar Jackson had a shaky day, but again, I don't put the Demarcus Robinson thing on him. I I think he missed some other throws for sure, and I think he did. He's looked tentative. He's looked squeamish for a while. I think I would look squeamish if I was dealing with what they're dealing with. And he did enough of the good I mean, really barreling down and being willing to run with authority a couple times and they needed him to that it definitely outweighed the bad and I couldn't put him on the list because of it. But I, I understand. That's not me saying that I think Lamar Jackson was brilliant yesterday. I don't think he was great. I think he did enough to avoid the list um, for me. And that's the way it was. I, I, I think it's too easy in a loss to just, I think yeah. it's too easy always to just say it always it's, it's yes or no on the quarterback. I think it requires a little bit more discernment, but I understand. I'm, yeah. I'm telling I, you like, this is not me like with the Patrick queen nonsense that you're doing. Patrick queen could have been I, on this list. No, he couldn't have Patrick queen. Terrible was, in coverage. Jesus Christ. He missed a tackle down this the stretch. Really it's, bad. This is really bad. All right. Um, Lawrence five Lamar four Duvernay three Roman. See, that's cheating Two Chuck Clark one Marcus Peters. Uh, Tony Thornton, my guy from BAL. Five Duvernay, four Brandon Stevens, three Edwards, two Jackson, one Peters. Uh, Sean is trying to, again, this is cheating, make, trying to make it a tie. Duvernay and Andrews at five, four Stevens, three Edwards, two. Just for the last two minutes, she wants to put Michael McDonald, Mike, Michael McDonald on the list and one Marcus Peters. Dylan, five Edwards, four Jackson, three Stevens, two Andrews, one Peters. KZ, particularly critical of Mark Andrews. Um, has it number one on the list wow. for the day. I think that is, I mean, I get it. I understand that like there is criticism for Mark Andrews yesterday, but I don't know about number one. Um, and, and again, he's also cheating because he wants to be all of the coaching staff at number five. That is cheating. Continue to get me your list at Glenn Clark Radio. We are running late. We're going to have to call Jeremy because he just told me he's got an appointment at noon, so he can't run late today. And I don't know where we're going to make up all of these commercial breaks that we haven't taken yet. That will be a problem. I screwed up and I'm sorry. I've got plan maybe we'll see today's show also brought to you get me get me your uh, slaps in the helmet we'll share them out throughout the day at glenn clark radio a little bit later on today stan the fan charles ross grimsley they've got a tremendous guest joining them you've perhaps heard of him jim palmer tonight at seven o'clock jim palmer joins stan and ross facebook.com slash pressbox sports to watch it live if you miss it live Tomorrow, same location as well as YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline or PressBoxOnline.com slash video. Stan Ross and Jim Palmer talking baseball tonight on Facebook Live. Uh, almost as good. 
frankly, in a lot of ways to me, better than Jim Palmer. He is Jeremy Kahn from 105.7 The Fan, and he's with us now here on GCR. What's going on, buddy? How are you? Required to listen to that show or no? What's that? The pants required to listen oh, to I would, that Oh, I would say it's the exact opposite of that. I would say yeah. that like it's demanded that you don't wear pants to uh, sit yeah, around and listen. Yeah. Stand the fan with cakes and and uh scuzz i mean you can't beat there is nothing there is nothing better than that i if i were jim palmer frankly i don't know why he ever does wear pants if i'm being completely honest with you it's i jim those legs are good looking man they look pretty cool to me i had i like them there was a girl that i dated and um she told me a great story about i guess her mom their company hired jim palmer to do an advertisement of some sort i don't know if it was a print ad or a commercial whatever it was and and he was changing not they didn't like not in a bathroom but they kind of had like a I don't know a side office or something and said hey you can change in that room and I guess somebody accidentally walked in on him and they were mortified they were like oh my god Jim I'm so <laughs> sorry and his response was literally everyone on the planet has seen me in my underwear we're fine <laughs> <laughs> that's great and I said that's a ten and a half God I love that man there is no one better than Jim Palmer. All right. No question. How how do you handle this, man? Like I you know, we we got to do it on the post game show. I deal with it on Twitter. You guys do it for 4 hours on a Monday morning. I I The Ravens lost by one point on the road and the other the other team tried. And I'm not trying to say that there aren't problems. I'm not trying to tell you that there aren't issues. The Ravens are definitely going to go out and turn around and win every game. I don't but like the 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 totality, the overwhelming nature, the people that want to be body language experts, the guys that are like, well, this is proof that that John Harbaugh's got to go, and like the the overwhelming part of it. How do you deal with all of that? I mean, you guys get a knee jerk reaction right off the bat. Like even when you sit in it a couple of days, it still doesn't feel good, and we'll be doing it all week leading into the Denver game. Um, and then you have you know all these people out here that look like they've never smelt a football field and. Oh, oh, anyway, oh, you know, the wait, tweet what? from Lamar. Wait, yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> what? What are they? Wait, Hang on a second. Now, I, I, don't know you, I, I forgot. The, is is that anti-gay? I have to get to the bottom of this. No. I don't no. think it is either, but I like I understand the idea is there's a mm, – hang on a second. I'm, I'm, I, I'm literally I'm – t- I'm texting a gay, one of my gay friends right now to try to get to the bottom of this. Oh, my phone just went off. Hang yeah. <laughs> well, well timed. Yeah. All right. Well timed. I, I will. I yeah. will report back when I get a response. I don't think it is because you can literally say it to anyone. I've said it to plenty of straight people, not as a, not as a homophobic slur. It's just it's out of context for Lamar. I think we're blowing this way out of proportion. I don't know if you've seen it because he chirped back at oh, Jameson yeah. Hensley. I know. I know. Um, I, I was yeah, doing I, all the research on it. I'm like, why why is he so mad at Jameis? And then I read the story. And that term using the term anti gay is not something I would have used. I don't yeah. I don't think that, that Jameson did anything to purposely try to harm Lamar, but I understand Lamar that like on 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 ESPN.com reading that you did something that was anti gay, that that's bad. Like that that can that can have yeah. some serious impact on you. So I can understand. Like it, it was a dumb tweet to send. I'm not worked up about it like you are. Like it was dumb, but it was dumb, and I get it. He's frustrated. He's pissed off. And you know what? The oh, guy I'm, the guy who tweeted I'm not it. I'm worked up. I'm I'm actually defending him more than anything because, like I said, he had a knee jerk reaction that was out of character and wrote something he shouldn't have. It's what we always say about Twitter. If you're going to write something, maybe you should take the night. Maybe you should take you know 20 minutes. Think about it before you hit send because once it's out there, it's out there. But, I mean, I think we're blowing this way out of proportion. But uh, I think there are more concerning things with 
what we've seen on the field um, and the inconsistencies. And it's weird because it comes down to a two-point conversion that they go for. And, you know, you, you see um, Brandon Stevenson get beat on a, on a speed out, which was just a basic route. You know, yep. one-on-one, bang, you're, yep. you're done. That's a two-point conversion. And it's so funny and ironic that, that Harbaugh gets beat on something that he's been doing so much and they haven't been getting and being killed for it. And now another team's aggressive and does it. And now they're being praised all across the country. So um, it, it is funny to look at the irony in the circumstances, but this is a really good team and they have a chance to make a long run. But I'm telling you, if they play like this against good teams in the playoffs, I just don't see them winning. And that statistic that came out about teams that have double-digit leads in the fourth quarter and they're all 11-0 and taking those leads in the fourth, 11-0, and the, the, the history or whatever, going all the way back to like, I don't know, I think days when the ball wasn't, wasn't even oblong. Um, but, but that being said, like all those teams were 11 and 0 and then you have the Ravens who are seven and four that have now blown four, uh, you know, two score leads, which sucks. I mean, it's, it's unacceptable. Like there's no, there's no way of getting around it. And that's the part to me that's most interesting. I get it. Like you and I have talked about this ad nauseum. I'm not even a big Greg Roman fan in any way, but I, it's almost tiring to me because like, did you guys watch what happened in the fourth quarter? They got eaten alive by Jamichael Hasty and Zay Jones. Meanwhile, the offense was actually scoring touchdowns. I still have problems with what happened in the red zone earlier in the game. I still have problems mm-hmm. with the fact that this team has to run the ball and play defense. That's their only path to win. And yesterday, frankly, they didn't run the ball. Their, their running backs averaged three yards per carry. I've got problems that are related to Greg Roman. But my God... Like, the defense wilted, melted down against Zay Jones and Jamichael Hasty, and all we were one-trick ponies. All we can do is come back and whine about Greg Roman. Yeah, I, you know, and again, I think there's a line share of the blame. I, I still wonder about plays being called in and how come the, the I, play clock's always winding down. You know, they, there, there are all these things that you can blame, but he's not the – He's not the one guy. It's not like the sacrificial lamb that it all goes back to Greg Roman because no matter what play he calls, whether you like it or not, they still have to execute, and they haven't been doing that um, you know, consistently. And the weird thing about yesterday is everybody's pra- praising Trevor Lawrence, and I think he should. He had uh, brought his team on a come-from-behind win and all this. Yeah. Lamar had, if you take his passing yards and his rushing yards, more total yards combined right. than Trevor Lawrence, and he's getting killed today, and all he did was take his team on a drive down the field with two minutes left to go in the game to take a touchdown lead. Because remember, they got their two-point conversion as well. So, yeah, it's, it's a really, really weird game and how things go. Um, and ultimately, it's going to fall back on all those things that kind of went right during the game. It still doesn't feel right. And I thought, you know, our buddy KZ put it best. They're 7-4, and four, but for some reason watching them, they feel like they're 4-7. and seven. Yeah, they feel like they're 4-7. and seven. And the truth is they're 7-4. and four, And, again, they've had second-half leads in every game they've played this season. Yeah. Like you could argue that they're better than seven and four, and yet we all feel like they're worse than seven and four. We all feel. Yeah, like I mean, they've led in the fourth quarter of every single game. Right, and we all feel like the sky so. is falling. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's a very bizarre scenario for them to be in, and the the, the tricky part is some of the big picture things that people want to bring up. I I think are going to be conversations at the end of the year if they fall short. I just feel like we're trying to skip ahead to that part mm-hmm. instead of letting the games play out, letting the season play out. There's going to be a time where we're going to have to talk about the future of this offense and talk about the future of a lot of things. Like they, The Lamar Jackson thing utterly looms over everything about this organization. Um, well, and, Glenn, the, the other thing with this, too, is like if we honestly look at it, I know nobody says a, a loss is a good thing, but remember, they got the hell out of Dodge against the Panthers playing poorly. 
from an offensive standpoint. In this game, they were coming away with field goals left and right instead of sevens, which allows the team to hang around. And then on top of it, you had – it just feels like now in the fourth quarter that weird things happen. I mean, that's a goofy fumble from Gus. That's – you know, even Lamar's fourth down, it doesn't matter if he fumbles it or not. They didn't make it. But, like, there were some goofy plays there. And, you know, these weird things that keep happening to them, it, it does almost feel like they're a little snake-bitten at times. Um, but, you know, people, people do make it feel like this is just a bad team, and they're not. They have warts just like everybody else, but it is weird sitting here watching this week after week going, what just happened? Because mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure. Like, I kept saying, I don't know what this team is. I don't know what this team is. Usually midway through the season, you kind of have an idea, and I still don't know what they are because I think their defense is really good. I think their offense has a chance to be exceptional, but I, we have not gotten that all in one game yet no. um, with the new pieces. I, I don't know if I – I don't know if I believe the offense has a chance to be exceptional, Jeremy. That's the only I, I really do feel like they are their path to success has to be running the ball and playing defense. I just I, I I think the world of Lamar Jackson and everybody can tell me, hey, they should be using Devin Duvernay in different ways. I just don't see it with this group of pass catchers. I I, I don't see a group that is capable of being particularly dynamic and doing special things. I think they can make some plays. Uh, obviously, they made a massive play yesterday with Deshaun Jackson getting free and Lamar mm-hmm. making one of the great throws we've ever seen Lamar Jackson make in his career. Um, I just, I, I don't see that as being a viable play. I, I keep using the words margin for error. Who I don't that play. Yeah, right. I mean, it's no, you know, the, the guy, the guy that we killed. I mean, look, I bang on Greg, Ro- Greg yeah. Roman as much as everybody else, but man, I, like sometimes I sit back and then I'll, I get like the contrarian in me goes. You know what? I don't feel like beating him up today. I feel like kind of defending him at times, but I, I just kind of I, I'm in that group where I feel like we've seen the most that we can get out of this offense from him. Well, I mean, I um, I, I, like I, I go back to Greg, Greg Roman's thing is what Greg Roman does, and that to me, mm-hmm. if you want to criticize Greg Roman from yesterday, it's that the running backs ran for three yards per carry, and that should never happen in a Greg Roman offense. If a Greg Roman offense can't run the ball with their running backs, then what is he offering to you? I, I know what yeah. Greg Roman does, and I know what he doesn't do. You want to criticize Greg Roman, that's it. It's that they have to run the ball. They have to be able to get more than three yards per carry from their running backs. And if they can't, th- th- he's not going to offer anything to you. This, it's, we, we try to make this so much bigger than that. They don't have the weapons. They're not here. I, I get it. Everybody wants to believe James. Steve Smith can say a billion things about James Porsche all he wants, and we have this weird thing in this market where we're we're clouded by Steve Smith. I don't know what it is. Like we still pretend like Steve Smith is one of the greatest receivers in franchise history. Like Steve Smith, and I get it. The, the bar is so low that he's still somewhere in the top five. Like I understand. There's the argument for that. But like we have this weird thing where Steve Smith has this power over this fan base for some bizarre ass reason. Where when Steve Smith says James Porsche, he doesn't even know the man's name. James Porsche is so good, we convince ourselves that James Porsche is this unbelievable weapon, and it's Greg Roman's fault that he's not using him. I refuse to believe that's the case. I refuse to believe that an entire coaching staff watches that dude in practice every day and says to themselves, "Man, you know, we all know he's really good, but Greg doesn't want to use him, so." You know, we're just going to sit back and say, yeah, all right, we'll default to Greg. I refuse to believe that they know a dude is so special and they just let Greg Roman decide that he's not going to be involved. I don't think they have the weapons. I don't believe they're here. I think they have to run the ball and play defense if they're going to succeed. And yesterday, they didn't do either one of those things. 
Yeah, and that, I mean that's just kind of how it is. I, I I agree with you on the the Steve Smith stuff. Like when he was here, he he was good. Yes, he wasn't. I, I wouldn't say he was great, but I mean he's still that borderline Hall of Famer. I think when you talk about a guy like Steve Smith, it's uh, it's where a lot of people kind of like resonate with him. He's this undersized, tough guy that kind of gives it all to you, and I think people really appreciate that. And he's not afraid to sit here and run his trap to whoever there. I I remember holding a door for Steve Smith down at the the Super Bowl in New Orleans and you know he wasn't mm. he he wasn't even on the Ravens at that point in time and he mean mugged me as yep. I held the door for him. Dude, I, Damn, I, I, I same and I again, I don't dislike Steve Smith. I want to make this abundantly clear. I, I, I don't like dislike him, him in any way, but one day someone called into the radio station, the old radio station that doesn't exist anymore. Like the off season they acquired Steve Smith and said, um, hey, what have you seen about how they intend to use him? Like they the question was like inside outside. And at that point in the offseason, I just hadn't been out to a practice, so I said something like, I'm not sure yet how they're going to use him because they, we haven't seen him. And somebody tweeted out a quote of me saying, I'm not sure how the Ravens are going to use Steve Smith. And Steve Smith proceeded to mother F me on Twitter for the next 15 minutes over yeah. the most innocuous thing. The most innocuous and, and thing. something he didn't hear either. Correct. Yeah, he didn't hear it. The same thing he'd be pissed off about is, if it went the other way. He has no idea what I said, and w- what I said was insane. Even at face value was innocuous. Like, I, it was so absurd. But I don't dislike Steve Smith. I just can't believe this fan base and, like, the power that this man holds over everyone, despite the fact that he was, like, the maybe, I don't know, the, the sixth or so best receiver in franchise history. They voted him ahead of Derek Mason on the list of the greatest receivers in the fr- history of the franchise, which is bad s insane. <laughs> like, it's nuts. I don't understand the power this man has. It's very bizarre. Yeah, All right. I, I think people have just always liked him because he's always it's the, been It's the edge. It's the chip. Quick-witted, chi- the, right, and sharp. And yeah, it's, so he, he has a, the chip on his shoulder. Correct. Everybody sort of... Yeah, they feel something about that, and so it it, it it controls them in a weird way. I don't know how to explain I'm it. I'm just glad I didn't say a thank you would be nice to him as I held the door. <laughs> oh, my God, you might have gotten decked. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you might have gotten an elbow to the face at that point. Um, how many texts have you gotten from people um, panicked this week, made some bad decisions now that they can bet from their phones? Um, I'm sure you're getting a ton of – I'm sure every friend you know – has been asking you for advice and for tips, but how many yeah. have been? How many have been the other way? The dude, I'm in a bad way already. Um, I've had a couple of those. I, I've had a few of. Hey, can you walk me through this? I gotta say, like, are, are you, and I'm not trying to crap on any of them because it's all great that they're here. Like, obviously, you're gonna have apps that you're more favorable to that you you would rather use and navigate through that are easier to do things. Some are giving away bigger and better prizes. That's why I told everybody, even though I'm a Fanduel rep. And I do think FanDuel has the best app, and I'm not saying that because I'm just pushing them. I, I, I mean, I'd tell you otherwise if I thought something else. But um, some of the other guys are actually offering more back when it comes down to when you start looking at DraftKings and BetMGM and PointsBet. I mean, there, there's just so many out there that are going to give you freebies. So um, I've had people asking me how to navigate it, how they should bet it, how to figure out that. It's been a little bit of everything. And I'm like, I haven't even been on some of the ones that like people are asking me about. I'm trying to do my research so I can help people when, you know, when the time comes. But um, I do, I, I just think FanDuel has always been the easiest uh, of all these to navigate. I, I, I mean, I shouldn't be doing this because I'm not, 
I actually took some winnings out of one of the other apps and moved it back over to FanDuel because I just like using that app yeah. better. It's just a better. Well, I, it, there, there was there yeah. was one particular one that uh, made a nice offer, and it was so frustrating that I turned around to them. And, and I, I mean, I'm not even kidding. I actually went back to PayPal and created. I said, I need you to tell them that it was fraudulent because they wouldn't let me take the money. It was there was one particular app, and I'm not going to say who it was. One particular app that was so disastrous and bad, like they they. I deposited money, and then they decided that I was in New Jersey and not in Maryland. <laughs> and then I really? said, I need that money back. I'm not going to be in New Jersey. You're not letting me bet with that. And they said, sorry. <laughs> and they, I couldn't yeah. get in touch with a human being. So I finally had to go See. to PayPal and just say, dude, I'm, I, I got to say this was fraud because – it was. It was fraud. And I just said, yeah. I'll never use it. Well, I mean, money. you want to get your money back, too. But, right. but the, the fact remains is, like, for, for everybody out there, even if you're, you're not, like, you should sign up and get all the freebies that they offer. You should convince your significant other to sign up for those freebies because all they are are free bets. Like, you just place them, and then if you win, you can then take that money out. Like, I think it was DraftKings that, that gives you, depending on who you are, like, um, and I know, like, I'm, I'm like a – diamond tier which is one below onyx onyx is the top of what you can be with DraftKings, but like they're they're willing to give you i think it's like six or eight fifty dollar bets or something like that you just find new stuff in there oh here's a free twenty dollar bet here's a free yeah. same game parlay bet like and, and that stuff's really cool and it keeps people into it i've already had one person text me saying they they hit big their first week on all their free bets so they won like twelve hundred dollars i had somebody text me saying that they used my picks yesterday and they're up like I mean, it's a small amount. They're up by like three fifty, and so that's going to give his daughter a great Christmas because he's not a gambler and he's taking the money out right away. There, there are plenty of options of, for people to do that, but yeah. you know, it is fun. Yeah, your pal yeah. probably should have done that after Thanksgiving. Your your pal yep. woke up on Friday morning feeling really good about himself, and then yeah, the next three days, not quite yep. as great. Not quite as great. Such is life. That's such as betting. I will, uh, I will, I will maybe just ease up a little bit. I think I said I'm going to take the day off, and then we'll uh, we'll revisit tomorrow and see where we want to head this week. Um, it was a brutal day. I don't know if you saw like uh, there was a stat going around yesterday that the three most bet overs, the three most bet unders, the three heaviest bet favorites by um, all loss by money, and the three heaviest bet favorites by total bets of all of those twelve. Only one was a winner. Only See? one. One and for 12. Is, and it, it's part of the reason why I say, like, you know, find out where the money's going. Yep. You follow the money and, you know, fading the public. I know some people are like, oh, fade the public. What about this game? This game won over the course of time because it is a marathon and not a sprint. And I hate saying that, but it's a fact. Um, over the course of time, it will pay out in the long run. Don't know who to bet and you feel like betting the game, fade the public. That's I, it. It is something I talk about that constantly. I like to look at the data. I. Like I was big on Mike Vrabel as coach was nine and zero against the spread and straight up. Anytime he had ten days of rest before a game, ready, yeah. I and I, I I was enamored by that number. I said, "My God, how do you not bet that? You have to bet it." Makes sense. <sighs> there was a reason why the Bengals. And then you get no Jamar Chase and, yep. and no Joe Mixon in the game too yep. as an added bonus. Yep. Yeah. But the Bengals. There was a reason the Bengals were road favorites in Nashville. There was a reason. Like I. Yeah. Ah, such is life. Such is life. I got enamored by data. And I, to, to Jeremy's credit, I've talked about this a lot. Jeremy always says, follow the money. Follow the money. That's how you make your bets. Ah, such is life. All right. Uh, how was your Thanksgiving? Everything good? 
Yeah, things were good. Uh, got a lot. We even had a little separate Thanksgiving on Sunday yesterday. Nice. Where, um, yeah, we, because we didn't take home, like, there was a big family, so we didn't take home plates. We made our own, so now do, we've got you, leftovers okay. for today. Which do, you, do you have a point at which you're sick of it? Do you have a point by, like, Tuesday where you're like, yeah, I'm done? Like, I'm I'm telling you, last night I went back to the cranberry orange relish t- tub that my mother left yeah. with me, and I was just spooning it out. Like, I'm not even putting on a leftover turkey. I'm just taking a spoon, going into the tub, and drizzling it down my throat. I don't think I'm going to get sick of it anytime soon. I- by the way, there is a chance for you to get some extra spooning if I ever got invited over for a spoon. Oh, bowl stop! Of that cranberry orange. Stop! Yeah. You always you act like we didn't. Like, this is the problem, though. Jeremy always wants to be the big spoon. He always yeah. says, "I've got to be the big spoon," and I'm like, every now and then, it's nice for me to be able to be on the other side of things. Oh, I know when it's time to be the little spoon. <laughs> do you ever do you do you have a day like? Is there a day where you say I'm done? Like no more. Not really. I mean, because I like all the like all the stuff with it. I mean, there are certain things that are like I'm not going to sit here and I, I doubt I'd have the jellied cranberry every single day. But I got to be honest, like I don't get tired of this stuff. Like when I don't know what I want to eat, I go to Wawa and get a turkey bowl. So um, I never get tired of this stuff. I get it. I completely get it. All right, uh, at Jeremy Con one zero five seven on Twitter is how you follow him. Big Bad Morning Show this week. Anything we should be plugging? No, it'll be all of us. Uh, I think we're all in. We'll we'll find out later in the week if anything happens, but it should be a fun week talking about a terrible loss. Yeah, really brutal. Fun week. Uh, picks every day, of course, at PressBoxOnline.com if you're getting your bets in. Appreciate you, pal. Love you. Talk to you next Monday. All right, I'll see you guys. Jamie Kahn, 105.7 The Fan, The Big Bad Morning Show. As you are making your decisions, again, about doing your online betting, I just check PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Find out if there's an offer that you haven't signed up for yet that's sitting there waiting for you. To Jeremy's point, take it. Take those offers. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you take those offers? Again, I would encourage you if you don't want to, if you don't want to bet, and you see, I, I said this to my wife. My wife is not going to be a sports better, but when they were offering the. Plus 100 odds. Well, will a point be scored? $50 max bet yeah. on will a point be scored? It's free money. There was like $200 worth of those types of bets just last week. Just make them and then take your money out if that's what you want to do. I, it's, I, I get that there are people that are averse to betting. I understand that. Like that they either because they're worried about it getting addicted or whatever it is. But when those offers are there, just take them. And then if you don't want to keep betting, be done with it. Just be done with it, and you came out a couple hundred dollars on top. I don't know how many more of them we'll get here. Like, that's always a thing for, you know, the first week to try to get people involved. I don't know how many more of those there will be, but I would check. And, again, check for all the great offers that are available at Fan, uh, not Fan, Pressbox, including FanDuel, at PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to come back in. We're going to get a tidbit, tidbit only, coming up next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at GinsuGrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code 
tailgate. That's ginsugrills.com. Reserve yours today. UMBC basketball is back at Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena, and tickets are available now at umbcretrievers.com. Don't miss any of the great early season matchups as the men take on local rivals Coppin State on November 30th and Morgan State on December 10th, while the women square off with American on December 18th. Experience the excitement of game day at the peak by getting your tickets right now to come see the Retrievers at Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena. Lock yours in at umbcretrievers.com. Another Orioles season is in the books, and the batter was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co-host Zach Goodman, we'll be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off-season discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressboxsports or listen live at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. And if you miss a show, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. So tune into the Bat Around with Paul Valley and Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at PressBox Sports. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game. They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food. 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn over 4100 North Point Boulevard. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. If you can't listen or watch live, you can subscribe to the show via Spotify, Amazon, or Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Or, if lying isn't your thing, we'll take a three-and-a-half-star review, too. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue on a Monday edition of the program. I've screwed up and done things out of order today. It's my fault. Tidbit is brought to you by this print issue of PressBox, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms. On the cover, Kevin Willard. Pretty good start for Kevin Willard as the head coach of the University of Maryland. Uh, they get Louisville tomorrow night on the road. Obviously, it's not been a good start for Louisville, but that's still trickier than I, you know, I'm not, a, a, any road game, true road game. Maryland hasn't played a true road game yet. So, I just be a little bit wary of just assuming that that's a done deal. True road games in college basketball. And at a place like Louisville, where even though they're off to a bad start to the season, it's going to be a huge crowd. Like, they're not, this isn't a pro sports town where, like, if a team's struggling, they don't show up. Like, people will still show up tomorrow night at Louisville. There'll still be a difficult atmosphere down there. So I just, just kind of a little wary of that, but a big game tomorrow night for Maryland. Then it gets really big after that. Illinois on Friday night. Massive, massive. Hopefully, if Maryland wins tomorrow night, there will be a big crowd in College Park on Friday night for that game. But the point is, Kevin Willard's on the cover. Uh, talks, sits down with Stan the Fan and I for a lengthy Q&A. Really enjoyed that conversation. You can find it right now. 
uh, at your neighborhood Royal Farms and to the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox or read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. Tidbit. All right, I got a couple here. Browns, they scored with 32 seconds left uh, in regulation to tie the game with the Bucks, and then went on to win it in overtime. Um, and it is the first game of Tom Brady's career uh, where his team had had a 7-plus point lead in the final minute of the fourth quarter and then ended up losing the game. First time that's ever happened in Tom wow. Brady's career. Wow. How about that? Yes. The Jaguars did basically the opposite of that, correct? They didn't. It, it wasn't the story that they had never. Yes. Yeah. They, they were owing like a hundred eighty or when they or they something. trailed by seven in the final minute of the game. Yep. They yeah. never won a game where they cool, were. cool. Uh, it was also the first week where multiple teams won on a two point conversion in the final two minutes of regulation nice. since Chargers uh, also. The play. Yes, the Chargers did it. Um, which had actually had only ever been done twice in the final fifteen seconds uh, before. Um, and it happened. And only on two teams had ever won on a two-point conversion. In the final fifteen game. seconds, that's a little surprising. It is a little surprising. Surprising. since nineteen ninety-four when the play was. Uh, I mean, I get it. Like the know. the idea of going for two, like in that situation. It, literally, when when they got the ball back, I remember Rita and I were in studio, and she was because with the game starting late yesterday, we were right. already slated to go on much later. And Rita's like, "I'm hungry. I, I, they better not go to overtime." And I just looked at him like, "There's no chance. There's no chance this game's going to overtime. If Jacksonville scores, they're going for two. And when because I remember on the broadcast, I guess at first because there was the replay at first, they had they were, sent yeah they were the go, extra point, and I was one. like, "That's insane! Mm-hmm. Like, what in the world are they doing?" And so I was not. You're you're you're, God, you're three and seven. Yeah. In what you world are you go going to it. overtime? Yeah, and it's Doug yeah. Peterson. Hundred percent. Uh, four teams in NFL NFL history have led by more than one possession in each of their first eleven games. Four teams in the history of the NFL: the 1942 Bears, their record eleven and zero. The 2009 Saints, 11 and 0. Yeah. The 2011 Packers, 11 and 0. Yep. The 2022 Ravens, yep, 7 and 4. 7 and 4. All right, and finally Patrick Mahomes, he recorded his 38th career game with 300 passing yards, which is the uh, most by a quarterback in his first 7 seasons ever. 38 career games with 38 38 300 passing yards. Um, and in his first uh, seven seasons, most ever. And mm-hmm. he's also in his sixth season and didn't play as a rookie. So just I, I hear he's good. Yes, yes. I hear he's okay. Uh, so Although, you, oddly, they didn't, they didn't score touchdowns in the red zone yesterday. Yeah. Like, it's, it's this weird part where, like, nobody's talking – like, the way we're talking about it in Baltimore, nobody's talking about it in Kansas City because they won the game, right? But they didn't score touchdowns in the red zone either yesterday. Very weird bit. Uh, so my question is, can you round out the uh, top, I guess it be actually be the top 11. Can you, so 10 more names, 10, the 10 next, uh, with the most 300 yards passing games. In the first seven, seven seasons. seasons. Yes. Uh, Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning, 30. He is tied for fourth. Ben Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger, not. Yeah, he wasn't. Yeah. They, remember, it took a little while. And the same thing with Tom Brady. I'm going to say it's not Tom Brady. You would be correct in guessing yeah. it's not Tom Brady. Because the way that they were doing, those two teams were, they didn't ask them to be more prolific passers until later in their career. Uh, Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner, yes, also tied with Peyton for 30 for seven seasons. This despite the fact that I'm pretty sure within those first seven seasons he was a backup <laughs> again in New York, remember? Um, Eli Manning. Eli Manning is not on here. Okay. Andrew Luck. Yes, Andrew Luck is third, 33 games. So Mahomes won. Yeah. Luck is third. Okay. Um, Phil Rivers. Phil Rivers uh, is an incorrect guess. Not mm. on here. It's a little surprising. Yeah. 
Uh, 20 for Rivers. Um, Dan Marino. Dan Marino is number two, 37. That is who Patrick Mahomes eclipsed yesterday. John Elway. John Elway, not on there. Okay. Shit, I haven't been writing down my incorrect guesses, and that's a mistake. Uh, How about uh, Aaron Rodgers? Uh, Aaron Rodgers is just outside. That's surprising. That surprises me. Let's try... Let's try Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman not in the top 11. Let's try Drew Brees. Uh, not Drew Brees. Yeah, he got yeah. benched at one point there. Or not benched, but they wasn't. He was struggling a little bit right. in San Diego, and so I'm not stunned by that. But he was so prolific, I still thought it was a possibility. Um, they are all all but one are active still. All but one are active still. All but one. Russ. Not Russ. God, he stinks. Oh, it's so hilarious how bad he is. Like, I mean, I. And BC Brian Burns was doing. Oh, my uh, God. Uh, all of it. And then, like, his own players fighting with him on the side. Oh, my God. Just goodness. all of it. It's like, what do you think? You think he's saying, he's like, let's go. Like, hey, hey, clear eyes, full hearts. I mean, like, greatest comeback the, ever. The let's go. Dumb and, and, and ass, right? And he's like, uh, Matt Ryan. Uh, yes, Matt Ryan. 30. He is tied with Kurt Warner, Peyton Manning. There's one other guy that also has 30. Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford is the one. There's still another active? There is three more active, one more. Three more active. Non active. Are we already at seven years? Dak Prescott? Dak Prescott is just on the outside. Okay. He has 20. Three more active quarterbacks that are on this list. They're all at the play. bottom of this, of this, uh, the that top is. 11 here. So that's uh, that seems that seems surprising to me that there would still be three more guys that could be on this list. But I, I, like, oh boy, like I, I have guys I want to guess, but it just doesn't seem. Uh, Josh he, Allen, not Josh Allen. Yeah, he no. just doesn't seem like he's yeah. done it, like been played it long enough. Like that's the problem with me coming up with three more that are on the. Stop! Don't say anything. Okay. Joe Flacco. I love Joe Flacco. He is twenty first. Yeah, he I mean, I don't. I didn't 20, think so. That's why I'm struggling Flacco. with there being three more guys on this list. Um, there's no way that Joe Burrow's there already. Mm, not Joe Burrow. Three more active quarterbacks that are on this list. Jared Goff. Jared Goff, twenty eight for Jared Goff. Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins also twenty eight for Kirk Cousins. Is it? It can't be Ryan Tannehill. It is not Ryan Tannehill. Uh, he is currently not starting. He's currently not starting. Yeah. Andy Dalton. Not Andy Dalton. No, he is. Starting. Oh yeah, he is starting. Yeah, so you're actually starting. very, very warm with that guess. Jameis. 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 Twenty seven, and then one more guy had twenty seven in his first seven seasons. Fran Tarkenton. Not Fran. Dan Fouts. Not Dan Fouts. Warren Moon. He only played eight seasons. All right, so. just tell me. Uh, St. Louis Rams quarterback, Mark Bulger. Oh, Mark Bulger. All right. It's, uh, you know, I, I'm, I, I get it. That makes sense. All right, very good. That was Tidbit. Tidbit was also brought to you by Guilford Hall Brewery, 1611 Station, in Station North, 1611 Guilford Avenue, in Station North. I talk for a living. GuilfordHall.com is the website. Always something amazing going on at Guilford Hall Brewery, live music, bar trivia, yappy hour. Just It's such a cool place. Real gem in our city, Guilford Hall Brewery. GuilfordHall.com is the website for you to find out what's coming up. Try the uh, delicious Bavarian-inspired menu, the craft brews, the whole thing. All right, when we come back in, we will get uh, we'll preview what's coming up tonight, Totally Tubular, and wrap things up for a Monday edition of GCR. 
The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The weather outside is really unpleasant, so it's time to warm up with some comfort classics this winter at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Try the twisted ribs and wings combo. It's two full pounds of meat, the mac and cheese bites, Mr. Richard's meatloaf, the citrus salmon, the winter spinach salad, and for dessert, here's internet radio personality Griffin Bass to tell you about the bourbon butter cake. Oh my god, it's so good. Pair it with a blood orange bourbon cider or a devil's backbone cranberry smash. Place your order now at glorydaysgrill.com glorydaysgrill Great food, good sports. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Have you been to Guilford Hall Brewery? Located in Baltimore's Station North neighborhood, Guilford Hall Brewery breaks the craft brew mold with their great handcrafted microbrews and amazing Bavarian-style food selections. Join Guilford Hall seven days a week for Orioles, Ravens, and all of your favorite college games. Make plans now to watch the big games, play trivia, or bring your dog for yappy hour. They even have free valet service on Friday and Saturday nights. Go to guilfordhall.com for a complete schedule of events, beer listings, and food and drink specials, we'll see you at Guilford Hall Brewery. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Looking for a simple holiday meal? Try Chick-fil-A Catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. Tune in to Simply the Bets every Tuesday and weekend at Bookies every other Thursday at 11.40 a.m. And if you really have nothing better to do, keep listening to this show, too. All right, so... I'm not going to pretend like my one gay friend speaks. I'm not saying I only have one gay friend. I have lots of gay friends. This is the one that I happen to text about it this morning. I'm not going to pretend like this one particular gay friend speaks on behalf of the entire gay community, but I ask the question, is telling someone to blank a blank, anti, quote, anti-gay? Response, um, no. Women do that. I said... 
well, yes, but this wasn't a woman. That like it was a whole thing. But the answer I get back was no. They did not feel as though it was anti-gay. So again, not suggesting that that is a definitive response, or that any one person's opinion defines it. I just I was as much as I don't didn't love the tweet. I don't think it was appropriate to label it as anti-gay either. I don't think that was the correct. I I understand what Jameson was attempting to say, but I think that is a it's too strong to pass along about someone on such a large platform. I think saying that it had, you know, an undertone of, I don't know, I don't know exactly how I would word it. Be a smarter person than I, or a better editor than I am, that would handle exactly how you word that. But I don't think it was appropriate to say anti-gay, and I can certainly understand why Lamar Jackson was unhappy about that particular verbiage. It's fun when the Ravens lose, isn't it? Lots of fun. Have a, having a great time here. Ah, let's get a totally tubular. Tubular is brought to you today by the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Again, save $100 at GinsuGrills.com when you use the code TAILGATE at checkout. Ginsu Grills are the perfect ceramic home grill or tailgate for smoking, baking, searing, grilling, all kinds of food. And again, if you're coming out to the game on Sunday, stop by the Game Day Firehouse experience and sample some cooking from the Ginsu Kamado Grill. Register to win your own, as well as $500 worth of grilling meats. Here's what's coming up totally tubular-wise this evening. Of course, Monday Night Football. Again, no. do the Mannings work? Like, do they... What is their deal? I don't care because I don't watch them, but it's weird. They, like, they're not on tonight? They're again not on tonight. It's particularly considering... They just, they just didn't want this one. Particularly considering it's the Colts. Maybe that's why. So Peyton doesn't have to like bad bash the Colts like when know, they're maybe. Being terrible. I don't know. I don't know. Steelers Colts terrible. I mean, just a dreadful Monday night football matchup. But that's the game, and we're all gonna watch it because that's the way this works. Eight fifteen tonight. ESPN two, uh, the Big Ten ACC Challenge, Minnesota and Virginia Tech tonight at seven. Pitt Northwestern at nine. Some news this morning. This is the last uh, ACC Big Ten Challenge with the Big Ten moving away from. This has been an ESPN event. And uh, starting next year, there will be no ESPN for the Big Ten, which is a bummer because that means like certain analysts that we like that have done Maryland games over the years just won't be doing them any longer. But uh, the Big Ten, remember, their new TV deal is with Fox, CBS, and NBC, oddly. So I guess there'll be USA games. Like there will be college basketball games likely on USA next year. Um, Just the way it goes. So ESPN is, I I think the word is they're going to do an ACC-SEC event moving forward so there's some talk today on twitter that maybe the big 10 will just pair off instead with the big 12 Mm. starting next year which is definitely not as sexy as the acc there's no way around that um like you get baylor you know obviously they're very good you get it's not like there's nothing in the big 12 and uh, you know cincinnati's coming into the big 12 for example but i guess houston's coming into the big 12 so that'll be a, a good marquee um you know opponent for a big 10 team but Big 10, Big 12, definitely not what Big 10 ACC has been. But you get it. Like, ESPN's like, hey, dude, if we don't have the Big 10, why are we – like, how would this even work? (laughs) Like, how would we – the Big 10 is going to have home games. We don't have the rights to those games. So we literally can't do this. It's over. Um, I know it doesn't have – when this thing started, it was electric, man. Like, when they first started the ACC Big 10 Challenge and, like, you had these guaranteed big games every year, it was massive. But then, obviously, as Maryland kind of went through their downfall and – some of their matchups ended up being, you know, not quite as sexy in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. It it kind of it lost its luster a little bit over the years. But 
uh, tonight, yeah, Minnesota, Virginia Tech at 7, Pitt Northwestern at 9 on ESPN2. Uh, World Cup, uh, only one more game to go today. Right now, Brazil and Switzerland. I haven't even checked. I, uh, I think there were, it was nil-nil at half, I think. I have, not, I have not bet anything today, so I've not been quite as invested. Portugal and Uruguay at 2 o'clock on Fox. Still nil-nil. All right. Brazil, Switzerland. Wizards, T-Wolves, night at 7 on NBC Sports Washington. Hawks, Sixers at 7 on NBA TV. NHL Network for Devils, Rangers at 7. The USA Network for WWE, Monday Night Raw tonight at 8. Some non-sports highlights. Uh, Yeah, not a whole lot. Great uh, Christmas light fight. Season I mean, 10. You say that's not ABC. a highlight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Emily Deschanel, Keegan-Michael Key, and music I'm, a, from I'm guessing that Emily Deschanel is Zoe's sister? I think, yeah, yeah. I yeah. didn't know that, there, that she was a famous person. Yeah, I she was, uh, oh, shoot, what was she in? Um, I don't know. I don't know. She was in a show for, oh, she was, the new thing she is in is The Devil in Ohio on Netflix. I okay. That's what I haven't, she's in. I haven't looked at that. Uh, Keegan-Michael Key, and the Black Eyed Peas will be on James Corden okay. tonight. Why? Yeah. I, whatever. I, anyway, I don't know. Keegan-Michael Key, I think it's just because of the Paramount ad, uh, so he's just promoting <laughs> that more. Okay. <laughs> Since he did, he, he came back as Mr. Garvey. Oh, that's right, that's right. Uh, Catherine Hahn f- will be on Kimmel. Along I with do. I love her. Yes, I love. Yeah, she, she's in Glass Onion. She was very good. I have. Oh, you went to the theater and yes. saw it. Okay, yes. I will be watching it on Netflix next weekend. Uh, okay. Or is it? When is, I think, when I think is it's a- in like I think it's like right before Christmas. So I think you have what? to wait. Yeah, they that, I don't know why they did it like this. So I, it's it, one week in theaters, and yeah. then just people n- actually had some pretty strong opinions. They were like, they were like, uh, you know, Knives Out was you know evidence that movies can still survive. You know, like not like a superhero, yeah. not like a black boy. Like movies can still survive in the theater. And then they're like, so why are they? Doing a one-week yeah theater. Well, I thought it was because it was supposed to be on Netflix the following week. It's gonna be on Netflix. I, I, it, it's gonna be on Netflix a month later. Weird. Yeah, it is weird. Uh, Dominic West also on Kimmel. Um, Zoe Saldana will be on Fallon for Avatar, uh, and then Avenue Five is the season two finale of Avenue Five on HBO. Uh, I it's December twenty third. You're right, by yeah. the way. I finally saw Black Panther. Oh, on nice. Saturday, nice. finally got to it. Have a lot of thoughts. I'm sure we'll talk about it on the Tyus Bowser show tomorrow okay. night. Um, I en- I enjoyed it. Yes, I I greatly enjoyed the film. I thought more than anything they were they had to do a lot of things right with this movie, and it was very difficult to do all of them. And as much as anything else, I'm impressed with how they pulled off the unbelievable list of things that they had to do with this picture. Um, I thought it could have used more comedy. I thought it could have used. A, a bit more it's a really heavy watch right yeah i thought it could have used some more purposeful level levity like some more characters like be, besides martin freeman and julia louis dreyfus whose like purposes are for comedy right um but i on the on the whole i really enjoyed it i mm-hmm. really it was a really good film yeah it was definitely intimidating because it was two over two and a half hours but i mean you that, know, that I part i don't it doesn't I don't mind that. I just think in a two and a half hour film, you it, it almost requires more levity. It requires mm-hmm. yeah. there being more moments of. I didn't get to watch the Guardians thing yet. I need oh. to do that because yeah. everybody's uh, raving about it. I mean, it, you're not missing anything, but like it was. I mean, it was, everybody says it's just fun. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it was fun. that's what I want. Yeah. I want some more fun in my life. <laughs> All right, very good. Hey, don't forget pressboxonline.com slash offers. Sign up. Great deals available as you work your way into legal sports betting here in the state of Maryland. And we get a little commission from it, so it helps us keep the lights on. Pressboxonline.com slash offers. Go check that out today. Thanks today to Andrew Catalan. Thanks also to Jeremy Kahn, as well as to Eric Edholm from NFL.com. We'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the tab at glenclarkradio.com. Anything tomorrow? Uh, Joe Serpico. Yep, and Stuff and Things. Patrick Stevens. Yep, very good. Stuff and Things is what we got. Simply the bit. Stuff and Things. 
Thanks, everybody, PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including the Baltimore County Police Department, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Casa Sin, the Baltimore area Chick-fil-A restaurants, Guilford Hall Brewery, Great Eights Memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill, UMBC Athletics, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Monday night. Go. There were no local teams, right? No, not the. Go nobody. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.